What's up and welcome to another MoGraph MoCast. I'm Dave. And I'm Matt. And joining us today is the super talented Arno Malanger. Oh, nice. Hi. Thank you. <laughs> and MoGraph is a supplement to our site, MoGraph.com, which is a motion graphics tutorial site with tutorials, plugins, podcasts, and other MoGraph stuff. And on the show, we talk about everything ranging from motion graphics to Cinema 4D, After Effects, plugins, render engines, doing business, doing taxes, being a contractor, or working for the man. You can email us, info at MoGraph.com. Let us know what you think about the show, questions, comments, concerns, queries, grievances, artist suggestions, show topic suggestions. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, MoGraph.com. Check us out on all the things. Send us your questions. It can be new, but it can be advanced. Uh, if it's new, we'll try and answer it. If it's hard, expert level, we'll not answer it well, but maybe we can find you somebody who knows how to answer it. And we got a lot to talk about this week, a lot to talk mm-hmm. about. And please excuse right. me, I am fighting a yes. bout of uh, either food poisoning or something. So something. I was up all night puking. So That's I'm right. a little tired. <laughs> And my voice, as you can tell, has been eaten away by stomach acid. Fun. But you can do uh, voiceovers for movies trailers now. In a world. 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 (laughs) (laughs) So we got a lot, including we're going to talk about the the hacking of Octane Jesus today. Yes. We're going to dig into that a little bit in the drop segment when we talk about NFTs and such. Um. We are going to play some of the clips and things today about that, just to kind of give you an overview of what's going on and give you some tips to keep yourself safe. So stay tuned for that. I figure we we talk about that now because that was pretty big. And even if you're not into NFTs, you might want to find out a little bit about that, you know. Uh, So I will say that uh, when we have our holiday episode, it will be on December 20th. Uh, Aryev said he's already going to come on and he's going to tell us the entire story Uh we'll have story time for christmas drop (laughs) uh and then um in two weeks we're gonna have billy on the show and i'm sure we're gonna be talking like a ton about crypto and Uh crypto security and all of that i really think it's it's most likely going to be a very very heavy nft episode um so be prepared and crypto and security episode just yeah be be prepared for that because we've talked to billy before we probably won't have that much to catch up on i mean mm-hmm. we, we do want to talk about some of his new art and things but crypto heavy episode just so you know and then get your questions ready because next week after thanksgiving mm-hmm. jules is going to be on the show with us and we're going to be talking about render of course rndr we're going to be talking about crypto and blockchain and new octane stuff hopefully brigade and the holodeck and all the mm-hmm. things you got it's all the fun. things to talk about yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a great episode next week. So just giving everybody a heads up on that. Uh, Brush Up is out. Don't forget, if you want to learn Procreate for iPad, check that out. Caitlin's course, MoGraph.com slash classes. Uh, there are no Black Friday sales. People ask mm-hmm. that a lot. Uh, if you want to look at our FAQ, we explain the whole thing. But we try and price everything the same at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't have to be like, oh, I'm going to wait. And get mm-hmm. it later. It's like it's always the best price we can possibly give. So, yep. Um, also wanted to give an update on the scholarship judging because uh, we, I, I had forgotten to give an update on what's going on until last week. I did say um, that the judging was was going on. Uh, we're waiting on a few more judges to get back with us with their final answers and such. And next week on the show, we will announce those answers. So, 
uh, those answers, the, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, their the decisions. Woo. Okay. So there's that. And then uh, meetup updates. Let's do some meetup updates real quick. Yeah. The meetup. Meetup in Burbank. Uh, still going on December 4th. Um, uh, in Burbank, I believe it's Brace Canyon Park um, is the name of it. Um uh, go online uh, to our Eventbrite um, and just or our social, social media channels. Or social They've media channels. Links. Yeah, yeah, we've got the links there. Um, pick yourself up a ticket. It's like five bucks, and that covers your food, you know, and drink and stuff like that, you know. So uh, we're gonna have a taco truck, you know. If you Sweet. don't want food, just show up anyway. Who cares, you know? <clears throat> so there's gonna be cornhole. There will be cornhole. There will be hacky nice. sack. There's gonna be frisbees. There's gonna be What's that game where you throw the frisbee and you try and get in the bucket, the other person's bucket? Uh, frisbee golf? Uh, no, it's like Cam Jam or something like that. We're going to do that as well. Oh, so, I don't think I played uh, that. It right. should be a lot of fun. You know, just a chance for everyone to hang out outside, uh, uh, socialize and stuff, because there hasn't been that many meetups. We figured why not do one at a park somewhere. So uh, super excited about yeah. that. There will be a secret little uh, after party, so make sure to hit one of us up afterwards, mm, and we'll let you know where it's at. Party, underground huh? party, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so big shout out to our two sponsors who are helping sponsor the event. Without them, uh, we couldn't have done it. Uh, uh, Maxon and Otoy, big shout out to them for helping us out with this, uh, with this helping put on this event. So super excited. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Yeah. You guys, will, you guys will get to meet my kids because I'm bringing them. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That'll be cool. Yeah, I always wanted to take my daughter to one of our MoGraph meetups. Maybe yeah. someday. Yeah. Someday. Got to, got to, you know, not be during school. Right. We'll figure it out. Right. Um. So, um, other things, other topics we need to cover. Sometimes people who haven't seen the show before, they come on. And they're watching because they want to see an interview with someone. They're like, why aren't you interviewing the person yet? Well, <laughs> we do a lot of other things, so we kind of yeah. give people a weak wrap-up here. I'd hate to put it at the end of the show because people are going to miss it at the end of the show. I know how that goes. I know you turn it off when I'm talking about T-shirts at the end. Mm-hmm. So we put, this, <laughs> we put this at the beginning. The topic, the one thing I wanted to bring up before we get into the interview here is the Otoy announcement on the 3D Motion show. The other day, Jules came on and uh, announced that Redshift will be joining the render network, Yeah, which is awesome. You're going to be able to send your renders from Redshift to render. Yeah, that's really exciting. And also, uh, C4D native files, is that right, as well? C4D native. I think that'll be awesome. That's going to be really, really cool, you know, being able to do that on the render network. Um, I, I, I mean, from all that Jules has talked about, you know, I had a feeling this was coming. Um, I didn't think it would be so soon, but I'm I'm right. really excited about that. I mean, think about it. They'll have Octane Redshift, C4D standard, uh, 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 Arnold here eventually. And uh, mm-hmm. today, or the other day, uh, he tweeted that they were looking to add Cycles and Unreal to it as well, which oh, is, man. that's going to yeah. be killer. That's going to be so killer. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how yeah. some of the render farms are going to survive and stuff like that, but... Well, hopefully yeah. they can just put their nodes onto the render network. Yeah, I know, and, I know. That's know? what I was thinking too. You know, yeah. that'll be interesting. And supposedly it'll be like, you know, well, first of all, the plugins and everything should work with it. It's not yeah. packaging it as an, an Orbix. It's going to well, somehow with the C4D do some magic yeah. stuff. Yeah. You know, I wonder, if the, I wonder if the Redshift is going to be exported Orbix or whether it's going to be a Redshift proxy. That'll be yeah, interesting to find out. I don't, I don't know. know. 
I guess uh, they're still working on it. Of course, we can talk about it next week when Jules is on yeah. quite a bit. And um, and I think a lot of people are asking, too. They want to hop on to the render network and render yeah. things. And yeah. I think that there's a waiting list yeah. currently. If As I'm of not right mistaken, now, I heard it's um, pretty long. Uh, according to, to Jules, they have like 10,000 people on the render network uh, uh, that are like node operators and stuff. And I, I don't know if that counts individual wallets uh, or whether it's like computers because I've actually got three nodes, you know, so I don't know if I count for three mm. people or one person. Mm. But yeah, I don't know. So, I mean, yeah. they've got like 10,000 people, you know, so right now with just Octane jobs, that's about, you know, all they need. But once you start throwing in these other render engines and stuff like that, man, it's going to be they're going to be they're going to need a lot more, a lot more people, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so we'll and get the all price the price of render the, the right now. Who boy, <laughs> oh, making man. bank. Watching that right now too. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, let's get down to it. Yeah, let's get into the interview. Um, so we'll, we'll probably end up talking a lot about projection mapping and things yeah. today because yep. you have done some beautiful work. Oh. Um, but let's go back and start from the beginning. Let's talk about um, your your start in this industry <laughs> and how you got to where you are now. Uh, well, uh, it started a long time ago just because of the fact that when I was younger, I had the chance to, as a lot of people that are young and that are starting, I just cracked Photoshop at one point. Like yeah. everybody started doing <laughs> yep. that. I was hearing the interview Seems from like last week. Seems like a common <laughs> intro yeah. to every story, you know, <laughs> yeah. is that every, that was last week as well. Sorry, yeah. keep going. No, no, that's exactly why I'm feeling confident about doing it. It's just because last week someone said exactly yeah. the same thing. I didn't yeah. know if I mean, we, had we all it. did. You know, but at, yeah, at one point, did, yeah. it's how you start when you don't exactly know uh, what happens. And that's also where I started making some simple Photoshop montage of friends and things really, really simple like that. But mm-hmm. then you realize that actually people are living with that kind of skills. And you realize that there are schools that are teaching um, some way to perform and to be better at that. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, I'm, I started in a, in a city called Strasbourg in, uh, in France, in the east mm-hmm. of France, near Germany. And I just started by learning um, theater, cinema, and dance in the, the university over there, which honestly leads up to absolutely no job at all. But it made <laughs> me meet a lot of really nice people. And then I went to Paris to do a school called uh, Isart Digital in uh, 3D and visual effects. And that's where it all started really to, uh, to come together, like all those small skills that I had aggregated during the time, knowing a bit of Photoshop, being able to make some small video effects for short films during the university and things like that. That's when it all piled up to uh, being able to have a job way, way faster than I thought. And mm-hmm. I started as a motion designer in a company called VentePrivé.com, which is uh, some kind of a huge uh, sales operation system in Europe. And they do a lot of short film to promote the, the sales that they're going to do for clothes, for stuff like that. And it was really, really super chill to, to learn Cinema 4D with, uh, with talented artists and without having too much pressure from the client because all the videos that we did were actually gift to the client. So oh, you start cool. by having access to uh, Canon 7D, Canon 5D, Cinema 4D, and uh, around the farm, and you just have like a complete blank slate to make something it's not a huge pressure. It's a, it's super fast pace. So it teach you how to, how to make things like that. And then after that, I became an art director for a web company in Paris called the Sweet Punk, which is an amazing company. Honestly, if you have the, the occasion to work with them, it's a, it's super nice. 
And then I moved to Canada to uh, work with a moment factory in projection mapping specifically. So that's cool. how I ended up doing motion graphics. It's basically, as everybody, I watched Video Copilot a lot when I had free time before. I what uh, my what part of Canada are you in? I'm in Montreal right now. Montreal. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I take are, the easy you know, route. Uh, I'm French, you know, so I'm uh, going to Canada. Yeah. Do you know, do you know Patrick? Patrick, uh, uh, Patrick Goski? I think he's in Montreal Oh, yeah, of course. Well. I had, uh, yeah. We had... Um, we had a restaurant with him when uh, Matthias and all the team uh, went there for mm-hmm. the first three D motion show mm-hmm. in uh, in real the only one that they do the tour mm, that they yeah. made worldwide. Uh, yeah, there right. was Chad Ashley, Robin. Uh, there were many mm-hmm. people in Montreal. Uh, mm-hmm. in, uh, I think it was September two years ago, and yeah. uh, I yeah. had yeah. I had a quick uh, a quick meal with uh, Patrick Goski. Yeah, Victor was there, I think. Weight of thought. Yeah, and, Victor uh, was there, and it was also Charlie Leroy from uh, Montreal. That uh, it was an amazing day, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, did, you said theater. Did you say dance as well? Mm. It's just like living arts, so it, um, it joins together cinema, dance, and theater. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Did you, do you find that any of that applies to, to anything you do in work? Like, do you ever do like character animation or something? Does that help? Uh, I don't. I do that, but really not enough, and I'm really not a specialist in that, but I'm doing mostly when we have some small stuff like 2D puppets animation to just correct something um, I can I end up making them but in fact the, the best thing that I learned with all the theater crew is just to be able to express something find a way to have a conversation because I feel like we are in a we're in a business in which a lot of people are living uh, uh, spending a lot of time in front of their computer and mm-hmm. we tend sometimes to have difficulties to express stuff and I end up right now at my factory to, to do a lot of uh, of teaching of uh, knowledge sharing across the different, the different department of the company, mm-hmm. just because of the fact that we have so many things that are been done uh, at that place that you don't obligatorily understand what is content creation when you just have to uh, be like uh, dealing with clients all the time in one of the departments. So it's a lot about making sure that everybody understands what you do, how you do it, and what you need to do it properly. And it's it's a company, so it's uh, it's always complicated to to make those things and to be sure that everybody knows the right thing. But that's honestly the the best perk that I had during my uh, my scholarship is just having to talk a lot and having to present stuff in a job in which I'm not obligatory. I don't have to do it a lot, but right now with my position, I'm doing it way more often. It's really the best thing I learned during uh, during university. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about the uh, the company. I guess because you do tons of projection mapping and stuff, and um, I'm curious, like, what are the main clients that you're doing this for? Are they agencies? Is it direct to is it um, artists? Is it conventions? It, it depends a lot, honestly. There are stuff that I don't have the right to tell, and there are amazing, huge oh. clients that we have, and we work really often with them, but I don't have the, the, the technical right to tell you exactly what we do. But we have um, a theme park department in which uh, lately we've done a lot of promotion on what we've done. Uh, we won mm-hmm. um, an award for one of the shows that we made in Hong Kong. So it's, it was a projection mapping on an aquarium in the Hong Kong. Uh, it was the uh, Ocean Park in Hong Kong. So it's really near the ocean, a huge, huge, amazing uh, attraction park. Uh, we have a lot of, so, a lot of theme park. Uh, mm-hmm. but there are lots of projects that I don't have the right to tell we have also our own brand that we are trying to develop that is called the Lumina and it's night walks uh, in the forest so basically we do everything that we we know how to do the best so lighting show uh, projection mapping having remapping a lot of uh, LEDs around the forest and it's 
just for creating a, a really nice experience. Yeah. And that's is this, this the one here. Yeah. That's one of the tests yeah. that we made this year just because of the pandemic and it wasn't easy for us to, to move around the, the, the countries because we do that all around the world. Yeah. Uh, one of the partners of the company, Dominico De, has uh, a chalet. So uh, a wooden house near a lake. So it's oh, just around that wooden so house cool. we made uh, some kind of exploration, some tests just to install everything. Usually we do that every year as some kind of a small festival for the company. We have our uh -huh. own festival in-house in which we invite some, uh, some uh, artists to come to play music and we do a lot of visual for them. We do some experimentation. That's a really nice way to test things outside of the box and outside of uh, being constrained to client requested and everything. Yeah. So for example, should come do that for Camp MoGraph. That would oh, be well, killer. Totally, man. I'm, yeah. I'm totally down for that. We do like <laughs> laser projection. We do uh, everything like that, tracking. I remember mm -hmm. the first year I was in Modern Factory, they put some uh, floating like balloons on the lake and they were able to track it all over the lake and project oh, wow. it even if they were moving alongside. So mm -hmm. It was so, so cool. And honestly, it's, it's a lot wow. of small experimentation. And since we also have an interactive department, we can also play uh, a lot with Touch Designer, which is an amazing software. And mm -hmm. it's looking like yeah. a lot like Houdini, but it's mostly made to ingest right. uh, some stuff coming from uh, real life. So uh, capacitor, right. cameras, infrared, everything like that. You could use that to create new content live. And it's, it's mm -hmm. so cool to be able to work with that. I made a little thing for fun just to try out... Uh, touch designer mm -hmm. i never really finished it or mounted it or anything but i i did a little thing with a, a depth projector that would mm -hmm. like see pool balls on the pool table oh, nice. and and put like a little tracker around them i was thinking it would be fun to like project onto the pool table and maybe you can even like set up shots on it you know try this mm -hmm. shot try this shot you know and it shows where the trajectory is going to be uh, it's great because it's like nodal based and it it feels very familiar when you're in it, but I'm looking at some of the stuff that, that y'all do. And, and of course I know some of the stuff's proprietary. So if it is, just tell me Oh, um, everything that is on the stuff there yeah. on the website, you can show there is no problem. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Everything on the uh, website I mean, as far is, as, uh, is open uh, to like, discussion. It's for, it, okay. I mean, as far as technique and stuff, I don't mm -hmm. know. Sometimes there might be some mm -hmm. little trade secrets or something, but um, the, the thing that you did on the aquarium, just absolutely beautiful. Yeah. That's like, that's a huge if you're show, listening to the audio version of, of this, right oh man, where that, are the that projectors? Just, I, that was going to be my question. Well, they build because it's a park that already exists. So we had to deal with the fact that they already have architecture all around. Now we are mm -hmm. focusing all the photo, all the videos on the aquarium, but it's a lake around which everybody can walk around and there are stand of food, there are restaurants, there are other attractions. Mm -hmm. So you basically already have an infrastructure there. And all they needed mm. to do is being able to construct, really to build out of nowhere some towers in which we put projectors and servers. And I think for this one, we had four or five projectors that were uh, striking the, the facade at the same time. So you also need to, make a, to find a way to blend them together to make the show right. work like that. Right. Fun story, I, never I, I went there. I went there for the integration. So mm -hmm. the last part of the production, we go on site and we check if stuff actually stick to what we wanted them right. to do. Like, oh, <laughs> or if it just doesn't work and we need to adjust everything. I never show the, the version of, the sh of, of that specific show entirely just because of the fact that they were super late in the construction of one of the tower. Mm -hmm. So all the east, the west, the west facade, like all the, the part at the end with the wings, 
I've, I've never seen it properly just because mm -hmm. uh, the, <laughs> the projector was not built at uh, the right time. So friends of mm -hmm. mine had to stay a month more in uh, South, uh, Southeast Asia just to stay there wow. and being sure that the, the rest of the show is working on that. But wow. yeah, it's, uh, it's, um, we were in charge of the video that you saw and it's just one of the three shows that we did. There were dancer, uh, fire show with that thing, like so fire bursting, uh, fountain animation. We had to do everything, of course, with people partnering with them, with us, but we were in charge of the, of the whole show itself. Wow. I'm assuming those are laser projectors that are on those. They're so vibrant. Sometimes, yes. It depends on the budget of the project, actually. We have yeah. different types of projector as we have different types of budget. And sometimes you have to work on a really intense uh, scale of work. For example, uh, in the 3D motion show of September, I'm showing an example with a, a show called Super Real in New York right now. Mm -hmm. And it's basically as if you were walking inside of a, let's say, a cathedral type of uh, architecture. So super high ceiling, super high walls. Mm -hmm. And you are surrounded by projection. The template itself is 22K on almost 2K uh, height. So it's, oh my gosh. it's amazing to see that for real, but it's a pain in the ass to work with. And it's sure. just one of the projects yeah. that we have. So it's a, it's a lot of work to make that. And I think they hosted an NFT uh, gallery during the New York's event uh, the two yeah, or three weeks NFT, ago. Yeah, uh, NYC NFT or something. Yeah. NFT NYC, yeah. I think they used uh, the super real as the fact of having so much projector and so much space. They just put it, uh, they, they transformed it in, a, in an art gallery. Here's some of the clips from, uh, the, 3D from the show. show. Real, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is show real on the 3D Motion show. Uh, how do you go about like managing something that's 22k? I mean, you're, you're <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing you kind of divide this up, chop it up into different. Yeah, because there uh, is technically sections. no way of uh, <laughs> there is no way of making oh, a 22k so cool. uh, compression. Right. So right now I'm I'm working on a project that is 27k long, I think almost. Wow. Uh, you just have to split your render, so you do everything on the full scale of the show, and then you pipe your After Effect, um, your After Effect precomp into something else that is splitting it. That's what mm -hmm. we call a template. So you have the template mm -hmm. to work in how the screen are going to look like if they are wow. just put all of them all together, and then you have the template for rendering the system output that can look completely different. Mm -hmm. See, that, Matt and I do oh, a lot of concert gorgeous. visuals and things, and we've done a couple projection maps that were, mm. like, nowhere on this. So that freaking bridge, I just can't even imagine how That's much That's a lot of LEDs, uh, LEDs barred. Mm -hmm. The thing yeah. is, right now, you see, it was a show that I, uh, I worked just on the edit of the show. So every, every artist has made already a capsule, and I was just editing it for the opening. Now but the during one. the opening okay. night... Yeah, it's, no, it's, Oud, it's so Oud, many, Oud so worked many on that, right? Oud Gervarsh? Is that who it was? Uh, yeah, Odd Givarsh yeah. is a... Uh, that also made some 3D motion show like a long time yeah, yeah. before for Cinema She did yeah. SIGGRAPH. She, she, uh, yeah. she... Yeah, we hung out yeah. at SIGGRAph. Like 2017 or something. She also yeah, did Ed Sheeran, which you just show. Uh, <laughs> oh, she, she, she worked a lot with... Yeah. And that's the Red Hot Chili Peppers with the Lantern. Nah, that's so oh, cool. Man. That is so cool. <laughs> then, then that's the thing of the company. We do it in public. So when the, the, when the pandemic strikes... Uh, it was kind of a challenge for us to keep doing yeah. stuff, but we right. ended up working way more with uh, XR content. So, for example, we worked on Billie Eilish on some of the show that she did during the pandemic and also right now with cool. all the, the, the enhanced visual of the show that you can see on stuff like Jimmy Fallon's, things like that. 
Mm-hmm. We have to have the technology to be able to make that. And now we try to turn more and more to uh, live uh, rendering engine. So Unreal Engine, we try to use that as much as we can. There are still bridges mm-hmm. to make between Cinema 4D and Unreal. Yeah, yeah. Right yeah, now, I'm working on a, sure. on a show for, um, for an hotel that's going to be uh, in Paris, well, near, near Paris. I think like, if we put together all the video uh, surface that we have, it's 52 HD screen all together. Wow. Like it's, it's spread up around a, a full hall of the hotel. And just the surface of what we have to do, it's almost 52 screens. Wow. So, so yeah, it's a, it's a lot of constraint to, to work with that. And it's also super complicated when we have uh, new people coming from other types of industry that are using, like, for example, coming from advertisement, coming from uh, the VFX industry, mm-hmm. when they, they work with such a level of like high quality, high standard on uh, the detail, on all the small details, on the texture and everything. And you arrive right. here and it's 52K. <laughs> like, yeah. Maybe you will need to step down and just be yeah. sure that everything is rendering just right. rendering that's <laughs> yeah. another type of problematic <clears throat> so you uh, actually render like the full image in c4d and then cut it up in after effects depending on the project if there is a way wow. to simplify that we try to make it as um, uh-huh. as as simple as possible and as uh, flexible as possible just because of the fact that i never see what i'm what i'm finally giving until mm-hmm. I'm at the end in front of the screen or in front of the, of the facade of, a, of anything to, to, to yeah. show like the real colors, the real intensity, the real scale. So we try to work as much as we can uh, in comp, in After Effects, but most of the time you don't have the choice. You have to render stuff from Cinema 4D or either from Maya also. Yeah. We work uh, um, sometimes with Maya. I was curious if like it might, I, I, I don't know, like versus rendering the entire thing as one frame maybe breaking it up into like takes or something and then doing the film offset to where you're actually physically breaking it up in cinema, you know, mm-hmm. to doing hard to, but I don't know yeah. if that would. Well, sometimes would. we are, when we have to make patch at the end, like for example, you don't have the time to re-render everything just right. because yeah. one object is not rendered. Then we just do um, the render region yeah. just to be able to yeah. like scrap half of the, half of the rendering. But right. then again, you have to go after that in after effect. We have our own render farm. Yeah. And that's funny yeah. because we were talking about the render token and everything. I mm-hmm. think that most of the company that are dealing with render farm also have issues with uh, confidentiality, being sure that you have the right to send stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Even in house, we are really struggling with the versioning of the of the software of the plugins and just being sure that everybody is using the right version of X particle. Mm-hmm. Right. Because mm-hmm. when you launch something or After Effect, because sometimes it's super easy when uh, when you have the auto update to just update your software. Yeah. People were noticing during the 3D mm-hmm. motion show that we are still using after 2018 and Cinema 4D Air 20. So that's yeah. just yeah. because we, we just we struggle so much to just update everything at the same space for everyone. But that's an issue, honestly. That's a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, Matt and I did some projection mapping. Mm-hmm. I did one, uh, it was few, actually yeah. 10 years ago this month. I, oh, I finished one congrats. for Christmas on a church, and it was, it was uh, very rudimentary. This is like the very early days of projection mapping you know there was not a lot to uh that you could do as as far as like the facades of the building getting the um getting the geo data Mm -hmm. i mean this is Mm -hmm. like 2011 so it was early days of this and then we did another one that was a little more complicated on at bush gardens we did one that was you know where we went there and we we scanned it with drones and did Mm -hmm. photo mapping and stuff so when you're prepping these how do you go about just figuring out how you're going to do the facade 
of the building and everything. Are you provided with materials or do you have to go out and measure or? It really depends on the project. And if they already, for example, a show that already, uh, had someone being, doing something, uh, a company that already had something <laughs> being done a few months ago, a few years ago, and they just need to update the content and the quality of the content. They usually have stuff to provide us or even construction plans to provide us and we can build visualization out of that. Um, the other side is when something is already built and they never did anything before, we have to send mm -hmm. a team. And it's also the concept itself that's going to drive how much time and how much, well, money we spend on making right, course, uh, yeah. as, it as precise as possible. But when you have, for example, on the, during the, the show wheel, you see something in a, in a basilic. It's in Montreal. It's the Basilic Notre Dame. They had to scan like a lot of things because it was, uh, all the front facing statue inside of the, of the, of the art of the basilic itself and the ceiling also. So you have to have detail because you want to be able to mask the statue, make believe that you have lights behind them. So it's super complicated, but then mm -hmm. you have way more like rudimentary stuff that are just, on uh, planar things, for example, the aquarium, the scan itself mm -hmm. is not that complicated. It was also it was way more complicated to actually make everything stick to the surface because they didn't have any uh, sure. repair, any any way to be sure that everything was at the right positioning. So it's it's always complicated to to make things. And right now, I'm working on something in um, like a huge rock inside of a, inside of a reserve. A, a, uh, garden reserve in uh, in Canada, and we are wondering right now, like, what type of scan would be the best thing? Would it be lidar? Would it be photogrammetry? And it's right. it's always about who is available, what type of technology we have the the the, the way to afford. So it, it's never the same, and that's also one of the problem, so to say, and the challenge is just mm -hmm. that you never work with the same canvas, you never work with the same template. It's it's mm -hmm. not like you are doing a Game of Thrones season. And you always stick with the same kind of delivery all the time. And, but it's just the effect themselves change. Right now, everything's changed. Yeah. You cannot mm -hmm. use your yeah. same uh, after effect or your same uh, yeah. X-particle simulation because the size are not the same and you have to stick to the template. So it's a lot yeah. of adaptation that you have to do uh, when you start over there. Yeah, you're starting from scratch every mm -hmm. time. And we were fairly successful with the... Uh, the photogrammetry mm -hmm. that we did it lined yeah. up pretty well you know i was a little nervous about that actually yeah. we, we did have measurements and stuff but you know it, it was a little bit uh nerve-wracking uh just because you're like i i hope this works when we get there yeah, yeah. Uh, i feel like lidar is probably a little more accurate in that sense because you get a little bit of that um uh i mean at least the measurements with the lidar are going to be very accurate yeah and it's physically based i mean you, uh, the, the with whole, some of yeah. the lidar stuff you already have the information when you scan with the lidar like it's already having some uh, physical information inside of that so uh yeah mm -hmm. yeah man your bandwidth just yeah i don't know i think i, I, I thought it was at my there. point but okay. <laughs> i'm sorry about that <laughs> you're it's uploading right. something big in dropbox right now <laughs> yeah i know right <laughs> Uh, it sounds good, though, so we'll just keep yeah. going and hope that it pops back in. It usually does. Um, so I was going to ask you about the things like the tracking stuff, right? You got, like, the balloons mm -hmm. you were talking about that were tracked. You can't necessarily track everything with, like, Z-depth, nope. especially things that are really far away. How do you go about doing that sort of tracking? It's more a responsibility from the uh, interactive department, but mostly we try to use either Kinect, Stuff. So you kind of use depth with infrared, but it has its own software that kind of deals with the, with the, with the information itself. It transforms the information to something that you can use. You also have, uh, we use a lot of uh, LiDAR, but to like 
way more advanced than what you have on your iPhone or on your iPad. So we, we use LiDAR to be able to scan mm-hmm. people to be sure that they are at that position on a field that we determine, for example. But that's mostly it. Or is a infrared camera, normal camera feed. It's, it's a lot of different types of techniques. And I think that LiDAR is the one that we use the most when we do, for example, um, a floor. When you have people interacting with the floor or anything, it just detects exactly where they, where they are. And you can put multiple of them at the same, uh, on the same uh, venue yeah. and just be sure that you triangulate kind of the, the position of the, of the characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you have something like, uh, like a part of a building that's curved, this is something that I haven't had to deal with yet, mm-hmm. but how do you deal with the throw of the projector and the focus if something is a weird shape? We have yeah. some, uh, some software that are used to uh, calculate all that type of stuff. So are your pixels going to be bent because of the way your projector is positioned? Do you have a way to make them blend all together? That's, um, we have something in-house called the Hexagora that we developed that help us making the, the projection uh, mapping uh, study. And then it's also, once again, like, is it preferable for you to have one bit projector that is doing the whole show or multiple ones that have maybe a smaller resolution, but that you can at least split and have a, a full show? The most problematic thing with something that is curved, as you say, is that you don't have any, any way to be sure that everything is lined up the same way, like between the content and between the physicality of the object itself. Mm-hmm. So we had an issue with, uh, we were doing like, um, that, uh, there was an, am- an am- amusement park, sorry, in, uh, Seoul that we did, I think, two or three years ago. And it was a really huge two balls that were completely curved inside of uh, an in-house uh, fed foreign, so an amusement park. And yeah, it was impossible to just see exactly because it's a, it's a flat, but it's a, it's a curved, but with absolutely no, nothing on it. It's, it's a, it's smooth surface. So it was really uh, an issue with, uh, with the integrator to be able to just make it fit the, the, the right positioning. So it took a lot of uh, trial and errors. And also everybody, everyone, when everyone uh, was working on the catwalk on top to deal with the light, it just offset the projector just one millimeter. But you know, it's that one millimeter that is messing around with, uh, with the whole projection after that. So it's, it's just that complicated. It's, it's a dedicated job to be able yeah. to just make those things fit together. How how involved do you get with the interactive portion of it? You know, I know touch designers involved, but mm-hmm. like, are you doing a lot of back and forth, or are there a bunch of team members working on specific pieces? Uh, we it, also again, it depends a lot on the project because of uh, how interactive wants to work and how content wants to work. There's some kind of security in the fact that you have something pre-rendered, like you you have a sequence that you can just press play, and all you have to deal with is how the time code is going to be read. And then you have those show in which uh, interaction is the main attraction to the show. So we we did two months, mm-hmm. three months ago, we did something in Denver called the Mia Wolf, and it's actually you enter oh, in a yeah. room. And it's one big uh, vinyl of uh, forest scene that was done by the client in uh, Cinema 4D using Octane. So it was just a lot of scans mm-hmm. of tree all around the... And same, it's, it's like a... I think it was more than a 15K wide to work with the whole scene that they made for the print. And then um, everything went to Touch Designer with, by using uh, normal maps, D-Dev, uh, position pass. So it's a lot of technicity <clears throat> to make um, a lot of the effect working. And uh, we, we had motion designer in-house making smaller portion of content. So 
something a bit more animated, but only on 220 frames, for example. And it's just like a, a sprite shit that you can put in a, in a touch designer after right. that, and you just play it. The more closer you get to right. a point of interest, the farther it goes on the timeline of that clip. So it's it's a lot of trick okay. that we well, try that, to that's do. That's probably yeah. But uh, yeah, sorry, that, I, I that thought seems. Was... <laughs> sorry, no, the no, bandwidth no. is. Yeah, but is the picture seems seems really weird. <laughs> <Should we try laughs> hanging up and then going back on. Yeah, uh, I can try to just cut the webcam. Yeah, why don't you? Just... Uh, if... I was gonna say, if you just want to hang up and rejoin the call, it actually sometimes fixes it. Yeah. Okay, let's yeah. try to do that. Sorry for that, by the way. No, you're fine. Oh, no worries. No worries. That helps most of the time, you know. So, yeah, man, that's... Gosh, the the scale of it is, is pretty incredible. And there I'm back. That's a little bit better, yeah. There we go. It's, yeah. Oh, that's way better. There we cool. go. Sorry about that. Cool. No, you're um, fine. So, um, Meow Wolf is... They're expanding, right? They, mm-hmm. yeah. they got uh, the Colorado yeah. one. One of them is like a grocery store. I don't know which one That's that uh, Vegas. Oh, that's the Vegas one? Yeah. Okay. All right. And we worked in the one in yeah. uh, Denver, and I think that uh, because of that, we have new clients contacting us just because they saw what we did for Mia Wolf, mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. want us to, to make something like that for other, other type of, uh, of project uh, all around the world. That's one of the things. We, we work all around the world, honestly. Since I worked, since started work there five years ago, I went to South Asia, I went to the US, I went to Europe. It's pretty uncommon for motion designers that, uh, once again, used to spend a lot of time in front of computer to just go over there we went a full month in hong kong i went uh, three weeks in uh, in seoul so it's it's so so cool to be able to yeah. have that perk of uh, working and working uh, abroad but with covid of course it's getting way more complicated yeah. but it's starting to yeah. come back yeah. slowly but that's uh, yeah. that's uh, one of the big thing what's the process like the, the creative process in planning it out you know you've got a whole team and everything and and do, do you start with pictures of it do you ever like mock anything up with like maybe garbage max, masks or something in After Effects and mess mm-hmm. around and just come up with ideas? Or what's the process like? The first thing we do with that, that we send the team um, in, in location just to be sure that we take as much reference picture as possible. Because mm-hmm. once again, it's never the same, the same type of building. And sometimes mm-hmm. just being there, seeing that gives you ID because you're like, oh, well, that huge uh, aquarium in Hong Kong, that kind of looks like an octopus. So hey, that, yeah. why not trying to make an octopus? But Will we be able to see it? Uh, so that's the first step. We send people over there, a creative team and also a technical team to try to make some first test and first uh, first uh, measurement. And then depending on the project, sometimes the client has ideas that they want to push, that they want to like some thematic mm-hmm. that they want to, get, to give. And sometimes we have a full like uh, white card, a full creative process uh, ahead of us that we can decide. And that's uh, the, the one that are the more, the more uh, interesting for the artist, of course, to have like way more uh, liberty in the creation. Because when you work with huge IPs like Amusement Park and things mm-hmm. like that, I'm trying to be as vague as possible. Sure. Uh, when you work with huge IPs like that, you are kind of bound to uh, respect what is going to be done. You have to reproduce something that has been done in a movie or in another commercial. So you have to, to stick to that. But when you have the full creative process ahead of you, then it's, it's mostly about, uh, about making things that you th- think are going to look good. So we have a director yeah. and an art director working together with a concept writer to be sure that we are develop- developing also the story of the, cool. the thing that we are about trying to make. Also, we try to be sure that what we do fits with the local culture of where we are going to do the show because 
-hmm. if you use a lot of, for example, white petal in something, and then you went to China and you basically understand that white petals mean death. You're like, "Mm, that's that's really not what I meant. That's really, really not what I meant. So it's mostly about that. The the concept writer and the, the research team are doing an amazing work to be sure that we are on point with the signification, with the name, with everything. And then after that, of course, a lot of client validation, as always, in, uh, in every domain. And then we, we go a bit more in, um, not the concept phase, but the design phase, and then production, and then integration. Mm-hmm. And no so, Winnie the Pooh in China. No and Winnie no Winnie the Pooh in China. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> you can't. Yeah. Hi, my name is Sashia Dumont. I'm a writer, actor, and filmmaker. Hi, my name is Paul Robinson. I'm a director, DP, and filmmaker. We are the creators and hosts of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, an online source for all things indie film. We are a husband and wife film team and co-owners of Send3 Productions, and we started this podcast for filmmakers like ourselves who were producing on micro-budgets with Skeleton Crews. Go Gorilla is a weekly podcast that features various talents in TV, film, and web series productions. We've interviewed filmmaker powerhouses like Kestrin Pantera, Richard Raymond, Alex Ferrari, Cassandra Ebner, and Ryan Connolly. Amazing actors like Hannah Ward, Lou Taylor Pucci, Chris Wataski, and Eileen Gruba. Groundbreaking cinematographers like Jody Lee Lipes and Jessica Lee Gagne, and many more. We also offer weekly reviews of our favorite films and shows, which vary from low-budget first-time filmmakers to A-listers and everyone in between. Go Gorilla is proud to announce that we have officially joined the MoGraph Podcast Network. So if you love filmmaking as much as we do, tune in every Sunday for a new episode of the Go Gorilla Filmcast. Your, your source, source for, for all things indie film. film. Now available on the MoGraph Podcast Network. If somebody if somebody is like um, wanting to work there or, mm-hmm. you know, for example, if you're looking to hire, what kind of skills are necessary like does everybody need to have a knowledge of touch designer interactive do you have people that are like just cinema just modeling just certain things yeah as i was saying interactive is completely another department so if you have knowledge Mm -hmm. on that and you want to work in the content department that's that's super nice because you will understand what the interactive team will need and you are going to be more inclined to work on interactive driven Mm -hmm. project but we have all types of of profile honestly I'm using only uh, Cinema 4D and After Effects and a bit Arnold also uh, on my personal work and on some of the projects that we have. But I'm, I'm never touched Octane, like almost never touched Octane, only to open someone else's file and change one shader and relaunch the render. Mm-hmm. So we don't have any prerequisite to like skills that you need to have. Yeah. The thing is, you will have to adapt a lot. Like we have sure. people that are yeah. on Maya and are only on Maya Nuke. So of course, when we have something way more uh, 3D-driven, something with more character animation and a lot of rendering, then we will open the, the more 3D part of the team, of the motion and 3D team. Mm-hmm. But we, we try to make so people can have the time to learn new stuff. Of course, it's always depending on how much free time we have to, sure. to make them le- learn new things. But I got friends that are really specialized in Cinema 4D X-Particle, some other that are more after effect comp driven so it's really depending on the project it's always complicated when you have a team of like right now we are i think 90 in the content department mm-hmm. and we have uh, 25 to 30 motion designers slash 3d artists so it's always complicated when you have a team of that uh, many it's people big, to be sure that everybody team, is yeah. exactly on the right type of project for him or for her that's the the, the the issue of working in a company like you have to stay occupied so Sometimes you will end up on projects that are not your cup of tea, but 
you actually yeah. had the time to learn a bit, but mm-hmm. that's, that's, uh, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. So hmm. they're like learning opportunities. Like if you're a 3d person, you're like really digging what you're seeing in touch designer and interactive. Um, is there opportunity to learn there? The, well, the opportunity will depend on do we need you to be doing three content right now for a, for a project? Because if we need you to be working on client project, then that will right. be the priority all the time. But right. as soon as you have free time, which I'm not going to lie, it's not happening a lot right now. But as, <laughs> as soon as you have a free time available in front of you, uh, you usually have the, the perfect right to just go using a formation. We have in-house formation. We also have like outsourced formation. Like we have some of the of the... We have GSG Plus for the people that want to learn uh, Sigma 4D. So we mm-hmm. have a lot of trainings that are already prepared for, for that. And I'm trying to make also small trainings for in-house tool. So that's a part of, uh, of my yeah. job right now. It's to make some small video on how to use ShotGrid, how to use some of the scripts that are developed in-house. Because we realized that we had amazing um, people doing script in-house, but no one was using them because they didn't want to read the... The simple manual, like the, they didn't mm-hmm. want to go to the wiki <laughs> yeah. page and, and read. Yeah. So we made video, if, so it's easier for them to 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 ingest that information. But we motion try designers to, don't like to read. No, no, no one, no they one won't even read their emails. Yeah, yeah. Slack. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Uh, are you getting a lot of sleep? Uh, are how's the workload? Are you? Uh, uh, it depends. I think it depends busy? on the on the person. Also, uh, when I started, I was making way more overtime than I'm doing right now. But it's because I kind of felt insecure because of the level of the other people in that company. Like you arrived in a team that has been doing that for five, sometimes 10 years. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. think that you, that you can do it also because you've done motion design before. I mean, you, you've worked before, so why not? And then you arrive and you kind of hit a wall of like, that's really not what I was expecting. That's the render are taking so much time. I cannot do what I was, what I was doing before. And then you slowly like learn after that to, to, to go a bit more, to be faster, to be more intelligent on where you should spend time because in that type of company it's every project is the priority number one project if you listen to, to people like that mm-hmm. it's it's you need to focus on that only and sometimes taking the time to uh, make the right the, the 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 right thing the right animation to polish a bit it's a luxury that we don't always have but sometimes it's better to to do that and to take the time to have a bit more of content before making any assumption of is it going to be good or not at the end. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning of uh, of working at Moment Factory, I was doing way more of a time than right now. And right now I'm just trying to like, because I know that the integration are so intense uh, rhythm-wise. Like integration is uh, when we go on site once again, but it's a 90 hours a week sometimes. It's a 100 hours a week um, sometimes. So you have to yikes. keep your energy before when you are doing the project, when you are just in the conception phase, when you are in the production phase. You have to eat the deadline, of course, but you have to do like it's it's not a it's not a, a run, it's a marathon all the time. Sure. And right. right now we work on projects that are six months in the making, seven months or a year in the making. Wow. So mm. you don't want to burn yourself too soon. But yeah. yeah. How many projects are you working on at any one time? Uh, depending on the type of profile you have, either it's you are dedicated to one project, but you only do that and you work 40 hours, 45 hours a week on, mm-hmm, on it. Yeah. Or sometimes you are more like a specialist. For example, we, we had a... A guy, Maxim Ford, doing a lot of Houdini simulation. Mm-hmm. So he was asked to work on a lot of small projects, but what kind of a, of a problem for me wasn't working on a project. He was giving a hand, like just doing one thing sure. and then hopping back to something else. So you don't feel that much, sorry. You don't feel that much involved in the project as you were if you were mm-hmm. working like six months right. in a tunnel with that. But we have the other part, like people that are working six months in, t- six months in tunnel are like, I'm not sure what I'm doing that anymore because you are just so focused on that one small thing 
that mm -hmm. you, you want to have some air. So it's really hard to strike a, a good balance between being focused on right. something and not overloading people with 10 projects at the same time. Sure. Yeah, because you want to have a good balance so you don't mm -hmm. get burned out. But at the same exactly. time, you want to have enough involvement so you're putting your heart into it, I mm -hmm. guess. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so do you get a lot of extra time to work on anything on the side? Like, do you feel burnt out or, or do you still, at the end of the day, do you want to get in front of the computer again and experiment? That's, that's something that I feel way more because of the pandemic. Like, I used to like doing stuff on my computer when I come home. And right mm -hmm. now, uh, we, we start to go back to the, um, to the office way more often. And it's refreshing to see people, to be at the office, to have like that, that working space. I was hearing the interview last week with uh, Andre. Uh, right, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and I think that he was saying that pandemic had a good impact on him because he could focus on stuff. I'm the complete opposite. Like I, I need to see people. <laughs> yeah. I need to go yeah. somewhere to make myself in a space in which mentally I can I can work on that. And mm -hmm. going back to the office kind of saved me regarding that. But it's mostly like I'm working with uh, with waves of motivation. Like I started doing some NFTs uh, in March of uh, 2020. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 2021, 2021, sorry. And uh, I feel like it was so exciting for the first time in a while. I was super excited to make stuff, to make every week something different. And at what time you just have that project at, at work that kind of cuts the, the wave, cuts the, your, your momentum. And it's super mm -hmm. hard to go back. It's the same thing with going to the gym. Like as long as you are doing it all the time, it's easy to, yeah. to get in the, in the rhythm. But as long as you stop one week, it's, it's so complicated yep. to come back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I try to stay as less as possible in front of the computer when I when I stop working. But honestly, it's uh, it's just that my computer was my safe space before. Like it was the place I could go mm -hmm. on YouTube. I could just play video games. And right now, I'm one window away of uh, looking at work stuff. Yeah. So right. it's, I think that yeah. a lot of us are struggling with that. Just yeah. understanding what part of your natural of your home is is supposed to be dedicated to work and how much is still that fun place that you like to have fun uh, do you like to have fun in uh, so yeah. i think that it's depending on people as once again people loved having that kind of uh going back on themselves during the pandemic and having more time to do uh, stuff uh, at their home also i'm more on the opposite uh, opposite side i'm just what, reading the, the questions uh, oh the question about, uh, yeah <laughs> yeah i use uh, uh, i use Xparticle. we i, I mm -hmm. tried actually i learned it during a project at moen factory Mm -hmm. And that's also the thing, like we kind of have the time, some time to learn while producing is just that the, the pressure of being able to actually deliver at the end is way more intense than just, Hey, I'm going to do a tutorial on X particle. Yeah. But, uh, the Nightbird project are the one in which nothing is never validated by the client, for example. So you have clients that are kind of uh. shady in the way they validate stuff. Like you never know exactly. And since we have sometimes projects that are taking so much time to render, that we have to have at one point a validation in which we can just agree on and then mm -hmm. go on to something more important. But I think that right now, just to have a little, um, a little parenthesis, a little um, bubble, we are making a, um, an animation of a waterfall for a huge project. The simulation is done. It was done uh, using uh, Udini. I think the render time that we estimate for that render is going to be eight months. What? What? <laughs> so, so you need to be sure about what you're going to deliver to the client at the end of those eight months. So you see, it's, oh it's really gosh. just those kind of things. If, if you manage to have a good relationship with your, with your client and they understand the problematics and they, you That's can teach like them. not like eight months on one <laughs> computer, right? That's like no. actually using the farm? 
the part of the farm, yeah, as the on the back Whoa. burner and other stuff. Need to call Jules and see, right? <laughs> well, why not? Wow. But, Okay, well, is uh, I'm guessing that's because of the resolution, exactly. a, mm-hmm. and probably the sim is probably just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, because it's because of the fact it's so huge, and you know yeah. that people are going to be really close to it, you have to have a good resolution of that. So it's wow. not like it's something in the background. We, we often use stock footage when we want to fake simulation. Mm-hmm. Like we just try to make either style transfer or kind of mm-hmm. small tricks with a particular and try to replicate that. Mm-hmm. Here you have something interacting with the with the way the building is made and interactive with the with forms that are coming mm. on hey, it, so you yes. don't have the time. Wow. <clears throat> Sorry. Well, what render engine is that? Uh, for that specific project, I'm not sure. Honestly, I think it's going to be Arnold. I'm not sure about okay. that. But because so we CPU have a lot of Maya, yeah. Because we have yeah. a lot of Maya licenses, we have a lot of Arnold licenses that are floating mm-hmm. between uh, Maya and Cinema 4D. So it's super nice because. Even if it's a bit slower than Octane, Redshift, and everything like that, CPU rendering is something that it's easy to scale on and to, to keep building on sure. that. And also, it's a bit more reliable, I would say, for those kinds of resolution. Mm-hmm. Just because we have those problematic of hiring people that are making super good Instagram posts, but when they oh. arrived on a, at our place, and it's like, okay, so right now it's going to be 10K on 5. Go! Yeah. <laughs> make me that neon sign that you like uh, to make uh, every time and right. it's just yeah. so noisy to make something like that so yeah it's a, it's a lot of yeah. uh, it's a lot of technical steps to to understand and at the beginning you you are kind of against that you should not use that render you should not use that plugin but after mm-hmm. a while you're like man i got a, a colleague at work greg that say no plugin no cry because every time we have <laughs> an issue in integration it's because of one plugin that just fucked up on the farm or something like that so it's just mm-hmm. And when you have to check frame by frame a render to be sure that you don't have like that one flash of uh, yeah, of white like rendering an X or something like that, yeah, that's that's yeah. so that's so stressful, honestly. But that's uh, that's wow. if I had to say about the biggest nightmare is just uh, render time and uh, being sure that the, the client is expecting the right thing. Eight months. Wow. Yep. Yeah, eight months. It's mm. insane. If somebody wanted to get into this, let's mm-hmm. say, and maybe even on a small scale, you know, like I know like, uh, you know, VJ here in the chat, he does some of this stuff. Um, like if somebody wanted to get started and maybe get like a program, maybe test it out themselves, maybe get a projector, maybe just start, you know, playing around. Like, do you, Are there any resources that, that you um, could recommend? I'm not that much on the technical part of how to set that up, but I think that MadMapper and there are some other like yeah. small projects, yeah. smaller program that you can use to make a small project. And mostly it's uh, it's about like trying. Honestly, if you have um, if you have a, a projector, the easiest thing that you can do is being able to install NDI, all the NDI uh, licenses on your yep. on your mm-hmm. computer, so you can be able to actually uh, project what your After Effects workspace is to the projector directly. So you can, for yeah. example, just put a projector and mm-hmm. use masks to test, like, mm-hmm. I'm, at, I'm at the right position right now, and you can almost, like, make your template live with that. When right. we went to the Hong Kong, to the aquarium thing, that's what we did. We, we just hooked up a super simple laptop to the projector with NDI, and we just mm-hmm. tried to see, like, okay, that part of the projector is not working for the blending. Um, uh, with the integrator, I was asking, like, do you want me to make a mask really quickly? He's like, well, if, if you can make it, yeah, because it would take me, like, 30 minutes just to make that. After effect, mm-hmm. bim bam boom, you just have yeah. that and you export the image for him and then you have it on yeah. the software. Wow. Yeah, and, and NDI or, or 
Adobe products have that now. They have the yep. the output. You can output to a screen. You know, when you go to your your display mm-hmm. output in the preferences, you can go to a screen and say, "Oh, use this 4K, you know, TV I have over here, or whatever." But now there's also the the option for NDI out, mm-hmm. and that can go anywhere on mm-hmm. your network as yeah. long as you got a decent network. And uh, I can imagine that makes that very easy because yeah, you're just I, I even made some time that in, a, in using Wi-Fi. On a, on a yeah. closed location in house, yeah, that was like a, that amusement park that had the bend uh, wall. We just mm-hmm. we were just like moving around the space with the laptop and just saying like, hey, because we we do a lot of content, but we also do a lot of uh, content that is going to light bulbs, LED strips, and sometimes it's mostly about like, hey, is the mapping working correctly? So we just move one square, one at a time, and you see, ah, that's the right that's the right bulb, that's the right uh, LED thing, yeah, and just go over the whole template like that. So it's super easy yeah. to just go with your laptop with the Wi-Fi. You won't have the same uh, resolution and the same uh, right. uh, speed for answering things. But honestly, it's it's super it's super effective. And if you manage to have your projector and you can secure how it's um, how it's hooked up, so it's not going to move a lot, you can like put it in a box, just being sure that no one is going to move it during your test. Then going through NDI and with After Effects directly, I think it's the the, the best thing because after that yeah. you can just export the real footage at the end. And mm-hmm. just render it and directly put it in the on the yeah, on the project to the server. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and and some uh, NDI options sometimes have like a low bandwidth mm-hmm. option on them too that you can yeah. check and say, hey, I'm on like a pretty crappy network or Wi-Fi, and <laughs> yeah, focus on the so. speed rather than the quality of the image itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if there's any other questions in in the chat, but uh, if you have any, someone has time. Uh, do you um, have a nightmare job? That you ever? No, you already on. talked about. That. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> that's that's the previous uh, question. The, uh, the VRAM. Let's see. VRAM would be an issue with the kind of resolution mm. you're working on. How do you handle the VRAM? Um, are these these playback machines playing back? Um, I know a lot of them will play back in sections. Mm. Uh, you got different playback devices. Like I don't know what is it D3 or whatever it's called. And it's uh, it's mes- mostly like we have to make some tests on what type of uh, codec also we can use to to make that content. Right. Sometimes we also need to have alpha to be able to have capsules that are working on top of each other and transiting right. from one to another. So that's mm-hmm. a lot of technical issue. And also, uh, depending on the of the frame rate of each uh, each region we work on, sometimes we need to like the movement is just not working at thirty fps. We need to bump to sixty, mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, so my render are going to be doubled. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's super fine. So we just need to yeah. be sure that your server are handling that type of uh, that type of um, of video file, and that it can be played back. So it's a lot of test uh, as soon as possible in the production to be sure that everything is working on. But sometimes mm-hmm. you arrive in integration and it's not working, and you're like. Okay, we don't have time to panic. It's time to find solution, and it's just like what can we afford in the time that we have, with the render farm that we have on site to do. So it's mostly like you have to be if you want to work at Moen Factory, you have to be a problem solver more than. A, yeah, I would have done that differently. That's cool. Honestly, that's fine. At the end of the project, you can we can have a huge discussion about how it could have been made. But at one point, we just needed to be made and to be usable. Right. So mm-hmm. and yeah. working in just team, also we need to work as a yeah. team for that. So it's uh, it's super important. I was really impressed uh, with some of the things that uh, Sabor was telling me about Mad Mapper because I haven't played with Mad Mapper in quite a while. Mm-hmm. It was kind of the early days, and and I kind of been doing other things since. But um, he, I don't know if you saw the 3D Motion show last week, 
but he projection mapped on his house for Halloween, mm. He's and done he it had a, a whole years, presentation. Yeah, yeah. and cool. this year it was just over the top. Like yeah. it's like, dude, I I have always wanted to projection map on my Same. house for like Christmas or something. And now he's like getting my mind thinking. It's like, okay, well, Mad Mapper is making it a lot easier. So even the simplest thing like that you could do is, uh, you know, those kind of uh, frosted, um, frosted layer that you can put on windows. I have one just right there just yeah. for privacy uh, because mm -hmm. it's cutting on the street. That's actually a pretty nice surface to test stuff like you can do. Mm -hmm. For the Halloween, I had friends that were making that on the, on the glass door, just projecting from the inside on the, yeah. on the frosted layer and pretending that there that was zombie inside of the house, bumping at the door and uh, putting like, yeah. uh, hand paints of, uh, of, of blood everywhere. So that's mm -hmm. actually something that you can do super simply. Just put your projector somewhere in your house, either on, a, on that kind of a layer of a frosted layer or even in, a, in an empty, mm -hmm. uh, empty frame just to physically make people think that you have some kind of uh, depth inside of that and trying to, mm -hmm. to test just, hey, I'm going to extrude out of it and I'm going to make stuff falling from the top like a classic GSG ball simulation that mm -hmm. is right. shiny balls that are going yeah. out there and just trying to see like, yeah. does it work? Uh, is it, is it uh, working enough? And <laughs> that's super easy to make and it's super, uh, a good step, a good first step in that. Yeah, I had a bunch of uh, arched windows in that when I did like a decade ago. <laughs> and that's exactly what I did is I took uh, all the windows and I created uh, collider objects for yeah. those and did the old GSG balls falling on, <laughs> on top of it. And they just looked like they were bouncing around between the windows. Yeah, that's, up the, that's the, up the, the type structure. of project that works. That works. 100% of the time when it works, mm -hmm. it's, it's always uh, amazing to people that, to guess that don't know a lot about yeah. that kind of thing. And also to kids. Honestly, making that kind of show for oh, kids, yeah. it's mm -hmm. so fun to, to see them because one of the things is that you see how people are watching your show. Like when you go on site, when you go in Hong Kong and you have people in the park looking at the type of show that you make and you can see kids' face, people's face being amazed the by something. You just <laughs> sweat so much during all that production time trying to be sure that that particle is looking nice. And you just have kids, kids saying like, hey, it's a bird. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and they're just super amazed yeah. by that. Just amazed by the animation and the character that are, that are on, uh, on screen. But then you're like, hey, maybe they don't care about how the particles are behaving right now. But that's right. fine. They have fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's fun doing that and playing with. I, I love doing the shadow gags. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know where where stuff looks like it's popping out at you and stuff, and you just take that geometry from what you're building on and use it to create shadows or throw mm -hmm. lights at it. You know, I saw one that was in I think New York. Uh, just a couple days ago, it was on Facebook or something, and it was uh, a kind of a one of those corners yeah. uh, where that they've got only the works in one view because it's yeah. bended yeah. completely. So if you work yeah, yeah, yeah. five yeah. meters away, the the illusion is completely broken. But the posts right. on Facebook are looking super nice, and uh, yeah. usually that's right. the best, that's the best type of screen because you have that kind of feeling of depth inside of the building just because of mm -hmm. the fact it's an angle. So that's uh, that's super sure. But I always yeah. have to make the the statement that. When you move, it's not going to work because we have clients yeah. telling us like, mm -hmm. hey, but I saw that on Facebook and we can feel like it's inside of the column. I'm like, yep, but not going to work with your show. Yeah. Not going to work. From across the street. Yeah, <laughs> but that's it. Yeah. And I imagine it's a little bit easier if you're doing it on LED too because mm -hmm. you don't have, to, don't have to worry about all that other stuff, you know. I mean, mm -hmm. you have to worry about the, the shape of it a little bit, but like you're not as worried about, oh, how are we going to project this, yeah. you know. Just the technicality so. behind it is completely different. And we did something in uh, Dallas for the AT&T uh, headquarter. And it's, I think oh, it's really? a, a screen of uh, five stories tall almost on the building mm -hmm. itself. 
and that is also bent a bit. <clears throat> so we have some uh, capsule in which we do that type of, uh, it's something that you can see uh, inside of it, but it's only working from the, the plaza in front of it. Like if you are in a building um, across the street at a higher level, you will be completely mm-hmm. uh, bent and deformed. But if you are on the plaza, it's yeah. working super fine. Did you meet any of the video people at AT&T? No, I didn't have the chance to go there. I, I oh, worked okay. a lot on the project, but it uh, it happens during the pandemic, so it was easier to send people with American visa already over there. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So yeah. during the project that I was making, uh, they sent people from US, and now I I can't afford to go uh, in, a, in a project for, on integration for a week or two because I'm asked to be present for other projects. So it's yeah. kind of, I'm in the transition right now. I was a motion designer, and now I'm more CG supervisor on a Cinema 4D project. So I'm more trying to help people yeah. uh, deliver the things. So uh, we met some of those people over there. Um, oh, really? Did like a, a week of Cinema 4 D Cinema 4D training mm-hmm. with them there. Oh, cool. So I was curious if you had <laughs> met them, but um, we're gonna do uh, a little segment called MoGraph mm-hmm. Recommends, where we're gonna ask you some of your favorite yeah. things and uh, see if if we think this uh, influences what you do or if it's just <laughs> completely separate. I don't know. Uh, do do. Does popular culture, movies, and things ever influence what you're creating? Uh, does, do you do you get ideas from? Uh, well, like that? for personal work, of course, I think we are all influenced by the stuff that uh, that uh, that we see around us. But for a project, since it's really depend on uh, who we are working with, sometimes they really want to stick to something that they want. Like it's once again a huge IP. You cannot be influenced by other type of movie than that type of movie, but. Recently, we had a lot of a neon project. Like everybody wanted to have neon vaporwave renders, so it mm-hmm. it kind mm-hmm. of influenced the. It's not that it influenced us; it's influencing everybody that is seeing those type of uh, that is going to those type of exposition or to those type of mm-hmm. uh, events. So, people want to make stuff that other uh, that the public is gonna like. So they tend to go to to those kinds of uh, artistic direction. Mm-hmm. But on on the work side. I cannot be that much influenced, but on my personal side, yeah, I, I really enjoy going through Instagram, trying to see <clears throat> artists that I like, and I'm still, I feel like we are all always in the learning process, so mm-hmm. I, I try to just see something that I like and try to understand how it's made, and usually as soon as I realize how it's made, I'm never finishing the project, and I have like 15 open Cinema 45 that are never finished about stuff that I <laughs> wanted to test, like try modeling, hey, cool, well, I modeled it, that's fine, let's go to something else. But that's uh, that's uh, that's one of the curse of uh, like just wanting to understand like things. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us this: what is your? And again, these uh, I say this every week, but uh, this can be your favorite current thing, whatever mm-hmm. we ask, or it could be all time. Okay. You know. Uh, so uh, we'll start with your favorite movie. Um, like. The one that I really like to see every time is uh, Back to the Future, the first episode. Yeah. Like it's something that I, yeah. that I grew up with and that I really enjoy watching. And the one movie that I watch every time I'm doing something important in my life is uh, Old Boy from uh, Park Chan-wook. The, the okay. story of someone trying to seek revenge. And it's a South Korean movie from, I, I think, oh, okay. 2006. There is, I, the, it's known because of that one scene of fight in a corridor that is... Um, that has absolutely no cut and you follow someone fighting against I think 20, 50 people using a hammer and everything it's one of the best uh, fight sequence of cinema in my opinion so that's one of the reasons why I love uh, that movie and Back to the Future just because well Back to the Future man I mean, Cause do, we need, future. do we need do we need the expression yeah. yeah well Matt has a relevant NFT for that later yes. on oh, nice. about. yeah, yeah. Uh, the next question is uh, TV show 
I'm watching a lot of, uh, I, I, I had finally a Disney Plus account, so I'm trying to get back on the what if. I really loved it. Yeah. Kind of weird what they yeah. did with that episode that didn't hurt, but they still include it in the, in the storyline. I don't know if you've watched it, but it's super weird to see the final to be like, I think I missed something. You mm -hmm. rewatch the list of the episode. You're like, no, I watched everything. And apparently because of the pandemic, they couldn't make one of the episodes. So they just pushed it to season two. But they still use the character develop in that episode on the season ending and kind of oh. weird. And weird. aside to that, uh, I really like watching the morning show right now Yeah. on the Apple TV. Oh, yeah. I couldn't get Apple into TV. that. I couldn't get into it. Like, no, I went I in a vacation. Like a, I was what? like, eh, I, couldn't, I couldn't really get into it. And of course, like everybody, Ted Lasso. I loved Ted Lasso. Lasso. Yeah, uh, right. And yeah. it's, it's looking super nice. I'm waiting for the next seasons. But mm -hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm pretty common like Office, Friends. Stuff like that, like stuff from uh, from the yeah. 90s. Super nice. Yeah. I hear there's a new uh, Tiger King season out. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> Tiger King season two. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, all right. The next one on the list is uh, what kind of music do you listen to? Mm -hmm. um, it depends between when I work and when I'm just doing other stuff. When I work, I try to have mm -hmm. something that I don't have to focus too much on, but mm -hmm. that has like either like slow paced lyrics like Bonobo is the go-to uh, artist yeah. for me to work. Oh, it's man. really slow paced that. and really motivating, but not that many, uh, not that many uh, lyrics in it. So it's easier to write yeah. emails while you do that. Um, other artists I like man, right now. I need to a, pull that up and like start listening to them again. You, ah, you reminded me of them. Bonobo, the Migration. Yeah. It's a Migration. Uh, it's, a, it's an amazing album. I'm, uh, when, when I don't work, I'm listening a lot to Glass Animal lately. An amazing band. Uh, they, they, they made a lot of. Um, I think they made a, a song that is now in FIFA, so a lot of people knows them because of the mm. the song that they made. And they're going to be in Montreal in April, so I'm going to see them right. for the first show in a while. That's going to be super nice. That's cool. But yeah, that's uh, that's the type of music, and also French rap, things like that. So I won't drop too much name here. I think no one is listening to French rap aside French people, so which is fine, I <laughs> guess. But yeah, you got the French monkey. He does French rap, <laughs> doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Matt uh, was talking about the song that's in your demo reel. I I hadn't heard it, but I guess yeah, it's uh, uh, it's actually TikTok I think it's uh, it's um, TikTok a lot. Yeah, uh, apparently they have it in TikTok because someone made a thing during the pandemic uh, where they they recorded a lot of clips in their own apartment, just changing place because the the music is super has uh, a super huge rhythm and i think it's yeah. a group that made it to the eurovision which is uh, yeah it was the eurovision it was yeah. like they they oh, made okay. it into the eurovision contest you know just because and their the their music okay. video is very funny mm. uh uh with it so people on tiktok would spoof it or spoof the the music <laughs> video and stuff is really funny yeah, <laughs> yeah but that's why i choose it also because just yeah. it's so catchy and it's yeah. so easy to make an edit on it that uh, uh -huh. yeah um do you listen to podcasts well, yes, and that's a recurring joke with my friends. I always suggest My Dad Wrote a Porno, which is the story of... Uh, you never saw that? You never heard about that? It's, mm -hmm. it's someone received as a Christmas gift. It's a real story. Someone received as a Christmas gift uh, a pornographic novel from made by his father, and he's just <laughs> reading it with friends. And it's just, it's just oh amazing gosh. to realize that some people have absolutely no base on anatomy or anything because it's <laughs> completely out of touch. Oh, that's funny. Really that's funny. funny. Uh, here's a question from Bobby. Is Daft Punk not cool in <laughs> France because they're oh, well, so huge? They, they are cool. And uh, that's just like the base of everything the, of the French touch. 
but um, since uh, they are not going to make any more concentrated that's the yeah. thing I would have yeah. loved to be able to see I had the occasion when I was in Strasbourg they made um, the, their last show alive they made it in the Les, Les Eroquian de Belfort which is a huge festival I would have been able to be there because I was in Strasbourg at that time and I completely missed the opportunity so I'm like mm -hmm. I'm kind of mad at myself at, my, at Daft Punk just because of that but uh, that's uh, really yeah. uh, not a, a good location for the, for the hatred it's more supposed to be centered on me but yeah I really would have loved at yeah, least man. one more album before they before they well, finished it off. Yeah, you know. But uh, let's see, plugin. Yeah. You can't use Render Engine, and yeah. I know no plugin, no cry. But what plugin? <laughs> I try to use plugins that are not affecting the render itself, but more like the the way you work. So my sure. go-to plugin, it's a free one. It's made by a French guy. It's called Duik on After Effects. Duik. D U I K. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's mm -hmm. amazing what we can do with that. I'm giving online classes on After Effects and that's one of the plugins that we, we try to focus on just because of the fact that it's super easy to make a rig I'll be right for, for character but of course <laughs> for other things also like just making a car rig that you can make uh, it move in the, a fake 3D space. Duik is so powerful yeah. and it has so much tool to make your workflow faster. Just the fact of renaming a bunch of sequence, a bunch of, uh, of uh, composition and being able to just um, numerate them, it's so easy to use. And it doesn't have effect on a render farm, for example. So you don't need to have it installed on every computer on the farm. You just need to use it as a tool on your computer, right. which is super nice. Yeah, because yeah, it creates all the layers yeah. and all the... the oh, it's you know, so, so simple you. to use. Yeah. Yeah, my daughter, uh, she's um, 11, almost 12. She, a couple months ago, she's been doing so much animating of characters on her phone. Oh, wow. You know, and like keyframing and all of this complicated stuff on her phone. And I'm like, you should try this. So she went through a whole tutorial on Duik and made an intro for her YouTube mm -hmm. channel. Oh, wow. You know, using that, yeah. <laughs> that was so Duik, cool, at 12. You know. That's amazing. Yeah, she, she took a character she made. We cut it all up and brought in Illustrator. We just did all of wow. that. And then we went through a... A tutorial on it she did pretty well yeah. um and then uh what is your go-to app what is your muscle memory app on your phone uh, i think it's kind of a problem but instagram is uh like the the kind yeah. of thing that you you do as a time killer as um, every time you are in public transportation every time you just have uh that uh, that time between meeting i don't know why i go there all the time to to see if anything new happened and usually nothing new happened Regarding me, it's more like the community itself, and it's super nice to to be present around that. But I don't have to look it that often. But I, I really, I can't not go to to Instagram all the time. I'm I used to be that way. Now I'm a little bit more like Reddit, TikTok. Oh yeah, Reddit also. But Reddit is more on the on the. I don't like that much the app, the official app. I, yeah. I tried Apollo. Not a huge fan also, but I'm more like, since I'm always in front of a computer, I'm always looking at Reddit. And also, it's a good way right. of keeping in touch with the motion design community. There are lots of subreddits about yeah. After Effects, Cinema 4D, NFTs. Mm -hmm. And it's super nice to see like what is going on and all the people that are making content to help others. That's, that's yeah. one thing also, but uh, yeah. Um, the next one on the list is favorite video game. I'm spending way too much time on the Smash Bros. Ultimate, honestly. That's like my... On what? Smash Bros. Oh, okay. That, that's right. the, the fighting game that I love the most. I can yeah. play that with, with friends. And last yeah. year, I also played a lot um, Hades, the super giant game that won a lot of uh, awards. It's super well built. The art direction is amazing. The storyline behind that is amazing also. And they also make all their visual effects in After Effects and they made some quick uh, tutorial like uh, how to make things. And it's super cool when big companies are just showing like how sometimes stuff as simple to produce is just like 
how you build on simple effects that don't require license that are just it after effect by itself and it's just a creative way of using really really simple stuff and i loved the, the fact that they do that and I'm, I'm using that with my student as much as i can as a reference like this is something that won so many awards about the the quality of the animation the the, the way it's built and you don't have to go always to the latest render engine to the latest trend sometimes it's about right. using the right fractal noise and playing with the with the levels yeah. and curve mm-hmm. um mm. Yeah, you'll have to you have to join us sometime on uh, on uh, Winbush's game night. We oh, play all yeah. sorts of different games. Yeah. Well, and um, any Halo? Been playing that new Halo? I started. I started to play the the online uh, beta, and I'm I realized mm-hmm. that I haven't played Halo in 15 years, so I'm pretty bad yeah. at it. But <laughs> the, the the game itself is super nice, so I, I will probably need to get a hold of it. But I'm really really bad, so I'm uh, right now. It would be kind of a shame to try to play with people that are. <laughs> showing that because i'm really not not that good at all so. oh it's all right we're we're all jumping in and realizing that uh we're still we're, it's almost like starting over again yeah. you know we're all learning these new controls and it's all different and everything so <laughs> but it's funny it's, um, it's, it's just different enough so you are a bit lost but you still have all that muscle yeah. memory from your teenage years it's it's super weird honestly yeah and my my daughter is playing it on PC and mm-hmm. I was and she was doing a lot better than Xbox and I was like I wonder if I'm good at this if I go to a mouse. The mouse isn't the problem for me. It's it's using the WASD. Mm-hmm. I just can't it's just different. So no, I'm using a, a controller I, on PC yeah. because honestly you're playing with yeah. mouse and uh, and the keyboard it's it's not for me. I mean the the accuracy with the mouse is always mm-hmm. going to be better, but I just can't navigate myself. Yeah. You know, so I've been using, I just got uh, an elite controller. Oh, nice. So, you know, if I just had that one controller, then, <laughs> yeah, then it's I'd like, be good at Halo. It's like buying shoes that make lights behind just to run faster, you know. It's it's that yeah. kind of philosophy mm-hmm. when you are a child. But yeah. Or getting racing stripes on your car makes yeah. it go faster. Man, that's yeah. that has to be like that. Now, um, this is a tough one. This is your favorite life hack. And this could be something that's, you know, super funny or... or uh, a gimmick, or it could be something that's more, you know, a productivity hack or something like that. And the example well, we give is that if, Mitch Myers says, "If I knew how to make productivity hack, I, I would, I wouldn't be struggling <laughs> that much with doing a personal project." No, I think that it's really the the, the simple thing about like just how to fold your uh, bag of chips so it holds on itself when you are having stuff like. And only if you do that, oh, you, yeah. just, you open it from the top and you just roll the back behind so it stays as like a pot instead of just being a bag yeah. open. That's those kind of really, really small life hacks that I, that I love. And then there's also all this uh, DIY, but uh, W-H-Y, like all the people that are making mm. uh, life hacks that are completely irrelevant. It's so funny to see that like, hey, you could use that top of a bottle to, um, to close your, your bag of, uh, <laughs> of dirt. You're like, yeah, we'll just close the bag of dirt and it's, it's perfect like that. And you get the guy on TikTok yeah. who who does who does this who does it with his hands, yeah. Uh oh, Matt's texting me. I'm guessing he might be in the bathroom for a oh. while. Is he okay? <laughs> That's funny. He said he'll be back in a second. Okay, he's he's doing all right. Well, just freshening up a bit. You know, <laughs> Perfect. Powdering his nose. Um. So that's the life hack, and uh, yeah, I mean, um, you know. Life hacks can be, uh, they can be funny and they can be productive, you know? Yeah. Um, and also there are so many the things ones. that you can learn with YouTube. I just bought a, a place recently with my girlfriend and we started to have to do a lot of small things, you know, like 
being sure that everything is uh, is plugged correctly, everything is uh, is like built correctly. It's just like those small uh, life knowledge about how to deal with the house that I never had to do before in my life. And I'm really not an Andy guy. I'm more computer tech guy. So uh, she kind of messed up with me about that. And right now I'm trying to learn like how to make specific types of hole to be sure that everything is uh, is uh, wired the right way and trying to hide stuff. And that's that's basically uh, everything that I'm learning right now on YouTube. But yeah. yeah. Well, let me text Mac. Matt. Ah, he's back. He's, he's back. he's back. Oh, he's coming back. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Good. Good. Because it's 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 just about time for the drop, and I was a little worried. Sorry about, about that. that. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, he's muted. It was recording. It was recording. It just was muted on the <laughs> yeah, Skype. Okay. Skype muted. Yeah. So now that Sorry. you're done with that drop, are you ready for this? Oh. Drop? <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, feeling better? Okay. Uh cool. Yeah, let's uh let's do that. Let's go to the drop. The drop. Drop drop. Is this the fucking mic? Drop. This is exactly what I should be doing. <laughs> What's up and welcome to this week's episode of The Drop, your weekly source for all things <laughs> NFT and crypto art, as well as upcoming drops by notable people in the MoGraph industry. I'm Matt Milstead. Joining me as always is Dave Koss. And also joining Hello. us this week is Arno Melanger. Yeah, nice. Thank well you. Done. Thank you. <laughs> so we got a lot to talk about this there's week. A, we're going to start a lot, a lot of drop yeah. news. Yeah. Matt's not feeling well. We're going to start I'm not. Out that's why you hear my voice. And, and uh, Yeah. Hopefully I don't I'll, have to I'll do leave. the beginning section. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk about the Aria thing, and then you yeah. can save your energy for the drops. And Appreciate that. We actually have quite a bit to talk about here. Um, number one, uh, if you haven't heard... Uh, David Aryev got hacked. Yes. Pretty bad. Yes. And we're going to talk about it a little bit. He will be here for the Christmas episode, uh, the traditional Christmas episode, and so we will get the full story for it from him. But uh, we we did want to just talk about it for a minute, talk about what happened so that we can help people, hopefully, mm-hmm. um, to watch out for certain things. There's a big scam going on, and apparently this is huge. It's it's not just David. It's a bunch of people. It's a mm-hmm. bunch of people who own crypto. Um and what it is, it starts with a SIM swap or a SIM mm-hmm. clone, a SIM hack, if you will. Uh, this has happened to some of our other friends before as well recently. Right. And all it is is people use social engineering and they go into a, uh, a physical store a lot of times or they'll call on the phone. A lot of times a physical store because they have a little more uh, luck doing the whole social engineering thing. And they'll go in yeah. and say, oh, my phone's messed up. I'm having an issue and I need to get a new SIM card. I, I lost my phone and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And they, they give a sob story. Yeah. And they get a SIM card with somebody's phone, somebody else's phone number, and everybody uses their phone for two-factor authentication. So what happens as soon as you get that, you know somebody's email address. You said, hey, I forgot my password. Send me a text to reset my password. And you go in there, and it, it uh, in, in David's case, it came up on his phone too, but it was he just couldn't get it fast enough because yeah. they were ready to roll. And so they um, ch- immediately changed his email Mm-hmm. Uh, password, all his logon information, because they had the two-factor authentication. Mm-hmm. Then they went in and they stole his Twitter, they stole his Instagram account, mm-hmm. and uh, they did a few things. Number one, they uh, started talking to David, and, and it's it's kind of weird um, because they're talking to him on his own phone number, mm-hmm. right? So so like Chelsea is texting David, who is actually the hacker, and the hacker is is replying back, right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, he basically got locked out 
of everything. Yeah. And uh, so they're texting back and forth, and you can see here, there's this this text between them here. It says, uh, it seems like you're not taking me seriously. David, I'm getting bored. The police won't help you. Just hang up the call. Give me your fucking ape, or things are going to be hell for you and your family. Basically, like... Straight up blackmailing ex- the student. Extorting or, yeah, him yeah. for his his uh for his ape. Which is it's just crazy. And the other part of this is that since they had his accounts, they start talking to other people and this is the joke between us and, and Aryev now after the last few days, because you, you got a joke or you'll you know mm-hmm. cry. Um <laughs> Is the, the hey, joke is hey favor? can you do me a favor yeah and but they were they were doing this to everybody that he had contacts with and there were people I mean people people love octane Jesus yeah you know oh he's in a jam they'll say oh I need to borrow some money for this rollout yeah. or or something can you spot me some ETH here's my yeah. address and I'll pay and you a hundred bucks tomorrow or something <laughs> like that yeah, yeah. I'll give you some interest back it's so messed up. Because there are people who are like, yeah, anything for Octane Jesus, you know, yeah. it's understandable. Um, they just they give him the money, and some even in our, we posted a little warning, even in the comments in mm-hmm. ours. There's people in there like, oh man, I gave him money, I gave him two ETH, I gave him four ETH. Yeah, some gave more. Some some somebody gave their life savings in ETH. Whoa. Like it's really it really sucks. Yeah, because it's just gone, and that's the nature of how crypto works Mm -hmm. is that it is anonymous and there there is no turning back there is no uh fdic federally insured like it's just gone yeah and and it's really hurt a lot of people in the community and i think it's a it's an it, it it sucks but it's a learning opportunity for all of us to say you know what we need to go to factor authentication yeah so in with authenticator yes so um uh, I, I, I saw this, you know, I, I was watching this happen and what <laughs> I was waiting for them to hit me up on Instagram because <laughs> yeah, I was going to mess with them. So as soon as he hit me up, uh, uh, I, he said, Hey man, can you do me a favor? And I said, I responded, I said, how dare you, how <laughs> dare you contact her, uh, uh, contact me after what you effing did. She was my wife. <laughs> <laughs> And then the guy deleted the conversation, but man, that was pretty funny. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, we've also seen uh, uh, Blake Catherine this happened to, and I think this happened yep. to Winbush as well, you and know. Fuck render. Yeah. And so uh, the they question is... They weren't all is, sim hacks, but yeah. The question yeah. is, you know, okay, so how, how do you stop this from happening, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the answer is you need some sort of Google authentic- Authenticator app or something. So right. instead of having – you need to go through to all your email accounts, your Twitter accounts, your Instagram accounts, everything. And you need to set up two-factor auth- authentication with an Authenticator app versus, you know, like text. a text through your cell mm-hmm. phone. You know? And disable <clears throat> the text option. And disable the text option. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you have to use the authenticator app to turn back on the text thing at yeah. that point. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? And it's... Like, the, I, I the think, normal text message two-factor authentication is just doesn't work anymore, you know? You can... You still put yourself vulnerable to getting hacked, you know, right. using this stuff. But the cool right. thing about a Google authenticator app is it is 100% connected to your phone and only your phone. So even if someone... Uh, sim swaps you or whatever 
or I'm assuming, yeah, I mean, there's no way that they can get your authenticator stuff. Right. So. And that's just the nature of how yeah. that works. And and it's this, this ever-evolving, you know, David and I were talking about this last night. It, it's ever-evolving security thing. And it always has been, uh-huh. even before crypto. They're always trying to get a step ahead so they can figure out how to scam people. Mm-hmm. And they, they've hit our community really hard. I know, you know, just from David's, there's like 50K yeah. that was that was stolen. Um, you know, there's some, there's some stats even here. You can see, uh, you know, he sent me these last night, 2019. Um, now, these numbers are in billions. Mm-hmm. Like, revenues of companies compared <clears throat> to cybercrime revenue. Mm-hmm. Like, it beats out even Amazon, Walmart. Everybody and uh, combined, I mean, it, it's huge. Combined, yeah, six trillion dollars a year is stolen. I mean that that's insane. That's a hundred and ninety thousand dollars a second. Yeah, that's crazy. That's absolutely that's... insane. And so, um, and if you so, think if you think oh whatever, I'm not going to get hacked or something like that. I mean, just just change it. You know, hmm. just do yourself a favor yeah. and don't risk it. You know, yeah, we we've all kind of learned that that this is uh, this is what we got to do. Yeah, you know, we're all we're all moving into this. We gotta we gotta keep it up to date. Um, hopefully, welcome, Billy will talk to us about welcome some more to Web stuff, three. You know? <laughs> yeah, welcome to Web three, huh? Yeah. Um, I want to play this real quick because this is really scary. Now, I I don't necessarily think, and I don't think that they thought they were really in any immediate danger. Yeah. Uh, physically. Right, uh, because who knows where this guy is? And a lot of these people, you know, they they try their best to to scam you, to hack you, and they're mm-hmm. on to the next person, and probably would never go about doing anything physical. But it was getting threatening. Now there's a uh, we got a video here. This is the audio from uh, from David's incident that that he sent to me, and it's got um, a conversation with him on the phone because he called his own phone mm-hmm. and. Uh, Chelsea and David talk to the hacker. So uh, let's check that out. You know, everything, like, literally, you know, everything that's linked to your email, I'm going to reset everything one by one. So do you want to make a deal or not? Uh, no, I, I don't think I want to make a deal. <laughs> so should I just delete everything? Uh, I don't know. You you are the one that stole my account, so I guess you're going to do what you're going to do. I have no control over this situation. So, yeah. Um Root. You have an NFT worth half a million. Why don't you want to pay me like 10K or like two coins, two Ethereum, and I'll give you... This because way. you're a and fucking criminal. What is wrong with what you? Is, wait, why, is why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Dude. Why are you doing this? We're a family. Like, what is wrong with you? I have a child. Uh, like, yeah. you, this you is like, insane. Uh, no, this is not how you do life. You're being very, very rude. Can you not get her involved? Because if I do delete this number, you're never, ever going to get a hold of me. Like, you're never going to be able to talk to anyone about your IG, about your Twitter, about nobody. So be nice to me, make me a deal, and get everything back, and we can move on like nothing happens. Or if I do delete this number, and you're never going to be able to get a hold of me, you're never going to be able to call me, never going to be able to fucking... Get your account back, your IG, your Twitter. You're gonna have to just forget about everything. So stop complaining, screaming. So you're telling me you're telling me that what you've got is my Instagram and Twitter, and you're just gonna delete everything. Is that the idea? An email. And the email, yeah. Um, And everything that is linked to your email, like your bank, your cash app, your Uber, your files, your ID, your SSN, your statements, like mm -hmm. everything. 
Yeah. Well, let me get back to you. Um, we're, you know, we're trying to figure this out. So. Um, Dude, it's a simple yes or no. You send me one Ethereum, I'll give you the password to the email, and you send me another, I'll give you the fucking. <laughs> you oh. <sing> <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That's ridiculous. Freaking crazy. It's like something out of a movie. But did, like you contacted, uh, um, did you contact Twitter and Instagram security, I guess? Yeah, I, I, he, I he contacted yeah. Twitter. I know he got it back. I don't know yeah. about his Instagram account. The you Instagram know. is not back, but he's got everything else. Yeah. So that's good. They didn't get their money. But they did get money from, from, other, other, people. from other people. Yeah. Yeah. So he here's the thing. Me- here's the thing. Like, as much as we all love each other, you know, in this space, if anyone's asking you for money, don't do it. Like, like... If if Ariev had hit me up on Instagram and said, you know, hey, can I borrow some money? I would have called him. Yeah. You know? Right. right. Like, never. And he tried ne- to do that. Yeah. Uh, uh, or or the, the hacker. People tried to do that with the hacker. Yeah. And then he was like, bro. He's like, bro, you don't, you don't need to do a video call. We're yeah. good. You know, like, trying to cover it up. Yeah. But I, I feel really bad for the people that went for it because they were trying to be nice. They were trying to do something for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't think anything of it. Um, but here's the thing. Uh, he sent me a link. There is um, Simon Art online. He's an artist and a cybersecurity expert, mm-hmm. like 15 years of cybersecurity. And he has on OpenSea, it's an NFT piece that you buy. It comes with an unlockable PDF. Um, and it's it's like NFT security guidelines, a comprehensive <clears throat> deal, right? Um, they apparently uh, know who these people are. Uh, you know, they're... You got some leads and working on it Good. and stuff because there's, pa- well, it's, it's a big Pac thing. also put out a fifty thousand yes. dollar bounty on this dude's yep. head. You know, mm-hmm. which is yeah. good. Way to go, yeah. Pac. If anybody, if anybody knows, um, I, now I know you've got to have some information linked to your cash app. But when he hit me up on my personal Instagram, hey, can you do me a favor? I was like, yeah, dude, totally, man, I can do you a favor. And uh, he wanted. You know, crypto, and I was like, "Well, I'm not in front of my computer. I could cash app you, though." I got his cash app out of him. Hmm. You know, so if anybody knows, you know, I'm sure that that's linked to something. Uh, but it's good. There's a bounty, and there's um, a lot of people that apparently have some good leads on these people. So, um, Ari, what Ariev is doing, he told me I could say this on the show today. Um, he is going to do a drop to mm-hmm. help recoup everybody's losses who got scammed in that to to cover that and mm-hmm. there's already an artist that's interested in buying the piece mm-hmm. for this so keep an ear out for that we'll let you know when that happens and of course Ariev will be here on christmas we'll get yeah. the whole story because i'm sure yeah. there's gonna be like a million questions and stuff too do yourself a favor and just you know start moving everything over to the authenticator app it'll take you like an hour or two you know but it's worth it. The peace of mind that comes along with it, as soon as I switched over everything, I felt a lot better about life. You know? Here's the thing. The weakest link is not your cell phone or your text. The weakest link is random guy mm-hmm. or girl working at the, the you know, a physical store somewhere. Yeah, and just a and service provider scams. being trying to be nice yeah. with clients that are just whining right. about something and like yeah. and there are so many now, scams involving that, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are. And, and AT&T is really good with it. If you do a PIN mm-hmm. number with AT&T, they are very, 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 very secure with that. Like, yeah. there is nothing they can do without that PIN number. Like, mm-hmm. that is a big deal. But T-Mobile is aware of this. That's why I'm like, is T-Mobile not liable? Is there not somebody liable somewhere for this? Yeah, T-Mobile even, should even down, be liable for this. 
And if it gets down to a single person not doing what they're supposed to do, could that come down to a civil suit? Yeah. I don't know, because that person is the one person that like hold, can hold your entire life in their hands. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's taken seriously enough. Not yeah. at all. Because... You know, all they've got to do is is social engineer that person or bribe them, honestly. Yeah. You or know? if you're even working at a T-Mobile store, an AT&T store, you could just get into it yourself. You That's know? true. That's true. I think that <clears throat> this is going to become a bigger deal. Yeah. And um, we'll see where it goes. I think the solution really, though, is just to cut them out of it and, yep. and go with something else. Yeah, so. totally. Let's talk about the major drops this week. Yes. You can go through the uh, list here. Yeah, let's go through I the list. Probably pull it um, up. First up, uh, Nifty up. Gateway. <laughs> what? I said it'd probably help if I pull the list up. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, first see. up, Nifty yeah. Gateway. Today, uh, we've got two drops. First one uh, by uh, Jason Ebayer, I think is how you say his name. He's the one that does the really shiny, muscly people, you know? <laughs> Oh yes, yeah, you know Jason. I remember the shiny, muscly. Yeah, people, the shiny, yes. muscly people. So shiny. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that that one should be you know a good drop. Jason's always a very popular person on the the NFT space. So um, next up, you've got uh, Alex Solis uh, is doing a drop today as well. I don't mm-hmm. know what it consists of. This is as much information interesting, as I got. Yeah, so interesting teaser. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Um, next up tomorrow we got Cornelius Damrick, oh, no uh, Zomax. Zomax no is going to do a drop. Yeah, I may I may pick up one of his pieces tomorrow. What's he doing here? Um, he's doing a, a couple of things. So he's been kind of teasing it. He's got this one that's like this super cool corridor, you know, uh, with uh, different mm. like depth, Z depth field and stuff. It's a, it's pretty cool pieces. It's very Cornelius, you know. It's, yeah, it's very his style. So that's yeah. cool. I'm excited to see him getting you know, a drop on nifty, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, the 26th, you've got Micah Johnson is, uh, doing a drop. Uh, I'm not sure what this is. Like it looks pretty, you know, some of these teasers don't do enough justice, you know, but, right. uh, uh, as we always, as, as we, we always, always say, seem to yeah. be mentioned, you know, so be mentioning tease yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and then on uh, the 27th, you've got Maggie West. Maggie is a uh, photographer. And so this this is a really cool uh, project. So apparently she uh, photographed Ooh. on... It, it's photographs, right? Oh, whoa. Yeah, that's oh, why okay. they look so good, right? <laughs> what render engine? Right? <laughs> so fire, fire, fire. She photographed them and it rotated over 24 hours, you know? So Damn. it took pictures over 24 hours as it was rotating on a carousel. But Jeez. man, these are really pretty. I would love to see someone try and recreate those in in cinema or something in 3D. In IRL. Yeah, those those are like straight up like like legit uh, fuck crystals yeah. <laughs> right there. <laughs> Render IRL. Right. <laughs> Unbiased. Uh, um, right. <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't know about unbiased. the rest of the week or whatever because they. Oh no, that's the twenty seventh. Okay, we're good. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, next up on Makerspace, we've got a couple of them. Uh, first up is Ethan Pines. Ethan is a photographer, um, and and it's it, this is interesting because like hmm. so as you scroll down, Dave, um, you'll see like is a photographer and he's oh. using like an elong Elizabeth picture. Holmes. Yeah, exactly. Have you watched a documentary on her? No, who is she? I don't oh know who my she is. gosh. 
she she came out with this whole like DNA sequencing thing, and it became a big scam. Like it's it's so weird. you got to oh, check out the documentary. Right. Okay, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. All right. So then I it don't just know. keeps it's, zooming in on her. I don't know. It just is it's weird. Stopping. Like it's still I, I feel like sometimes like people who are, aren't necessarily in the editing or motion design space like try and add motion to their stuff, and it just doesn't really do it oh. justice. Look right? at that, Elon Musk. Yeah. It's okay. I spinning see. in something. What else? So. More I mean, photos of yeah. her. All right. Did so they that's it. take pictures of her? What? I guess they they went and took pictures of yeah, her for this. this I guess. Yeah, this a photographer, huh. I believe. So, wow. Um, right. Next up tomorrow, you've got um, a curation of NFTs um, from H Creative. It's called uh, Utopian Paradise, and these are a bunch of different NFT artists and stuff like that. Uh, really, really pretty. Like, I love the theme. The Utopian Paradise, and if you watch mm-hmm. some of these, it's like they're they're just vaporwave. I mean, it's gorgeous, you know, mm-hmm. super gorgeous looking renders and stuff. So uh, that should be a good drop, and that's tomorrow. Um, that's it as far as the the main drops. We've got some community drops. Um, I'm going to start off with I think the most important community drop of them all. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I did a new piece, uh, and oh, I'm yeah, really excited about it. You know, like I I struggled. After, uh, so this is the piece. It's called Time. Yeah. You know, right? So I wanted to do, you know, I love, I love pop culture. I always have, you know, I love, love Back to the Future. I love time travel, you know, and I was like, I was, I, I, I released a piece, you know, in, uh, March or something like that, just like everyone else did. And I, you know, you, of course, you go back to some of your old renders, you know, your Instagram posts and re render them and right. post them as NFTs. Right. But I, I, I've, and I've been wanting to do something new. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do something. And I started, uh, like, this was an idea. At least the hoverboard was an idea. So I had already had it built, you know, and I had the shoes and stuff like that because I love Converse shoes. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start building stuff. And I stole some pieces from um, some other pieces that I had. And, uh, yeah, I was really happy with it. Like I, I love, I love doing stuff with pop culture, you know? And I was telling like, uh, David was nice enough to retweet my, my, uh, my Twitter thing yesterday. And I was like, and I was like, Hey, thanks for the retweet. He said, yeah, it's pretty good. And I was like, thanks. I think, I think this is the direction that I'm going to go with, you know, more NFTs and stuff. I want to start dropping Mm. more of them because, you know, it's, it's fun. It's nice, you know, to be able to just create artwork again. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I really like the piece. I think it's. I think it's fun. There's a bunch of hidden Easter eggs in there that are like yeah. from my personal. You got life your alien like. in there. I got my alien. Yeah, I got my visitor. Brodeur is on the phone. Brodeur is right? on the phone. Yeah. So uh, that the video on it. the phone is of Brodeur at Camp Mograph saying the "just do it" thing. You know, which yeah. is great. And then uh, you know, I've got references to like my old band and a bunch of like time, lots of time travel references. You know, yeah. in there. And the dates, I'm sure. The are dates great. are all, yeah. It's like yeah. my family's birthday and then a couple references to like Star Trek and stuff like that. So, yeah. Nice. Pretty cool. <clears throat> so, uh, that's it for my drop. Um, next up, we've got. Uh, Blue Woods. Yeah, Blue Woods. Uh, sorry. Blue Woods. Uh, Blue Woods says, one? Good morning. I want, I'll read it for you so you yeah, can thanks. save your voice. I appreciate I just, that. Good morning. <laughs> I wanted you guys to check out the project I'm working on. And of course, you don't have to mention it unless you're inclined to. Uh, we are inclined to. We so are, we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're mentioning it. The collection is called Free Spirits Collection. Our collective, sorry, a collection of 101 vivid avatars. I know, I know, LOL. Mm. The series focuses on identity, expression, and freedom. There's some mystery with these characters. Uh, They are humans with android modifications or synthetics with a soul. 
Mm. I definitely want to explore that. Anyway, thanks for your time. Have a great week. And if you if you notice if you have uh, looked at um, any of uh, Blue Woods' work before, mm-hmm. uh, these are very much that's the same style. Yeah, yeah, all yeah, of yeah. these. And there's there's they're really I, pretty. I like how many them. are there? How many? Uh, Hundred and one. There are. Hundred and one. Oh, Hundred and one. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, 0.05 yeah, ETH right now, so it's 210 bucks at the current price of ETH. Man, you know? I wonder what it costs to mint all these. Jeez. I don't know. Do Man, you... minting, wow. like, I minted that piece on Foundation and stuff, and it was like, it was $150 to in gas to just mint it, and then $150 more just to list it for sale. It's like, yeah. Really? These yeah. are interesting, though, because, like, I don't necessarily i mean some of them kind of use the same yeah like but but they are very different yeah you know and because there's only 101 of them i feel like you're gonna get a lot less of that issue that you get in the ten thousand pieces you know yeah where there's some that are too similar so this is really great this is great Um, i'm interested interested to see how this does yeah that's a really cool project so that's cool. Yeah, cool, cool. and it's 0.05 ETH. Um, so uh, an- another project that I-, I mentioned this a few weeks ago, Slim Hoods. Here, Dave, I'll send you the. Yeah. Uh, so I like I I love I really like Slim Hoods. Right. Um, let me see if I can get the website up now. That's the that's the wrong Slim Hoods. Mm. Wait, Man, uh, different so Slim Hoods. Annoying. Don't let me okay. bring up anything. Right. Not family friendly here so uh slim hoods just announced um that they were doing a what is it called it's called like the random character collection or something you know on their discord and stuff so i love these little guys i think they're awesome i bought one Mm -hmm. at like 0.35 eth and it went down like uh about a week week and a half ago before they announced this collective um, you could get one for like 20 bucks. You know, I paid like 150 for mine. You could have gotten one for 20 bucks. And now you see the floor since they announced this collective is up to 0.045 ETH, you know, which is pretty sweet. You know, it's, it's good to see that people are continuing to, uh, you know, have a roadmap for their stuff and it's causing the price to go up. I don't know. I love the slim hoods. Like you just find, I found cool. one that looked like, like the my 3D glasses guy. Yeah. The 3d <laughs> glasses. Life. Uh, the 3D glasses ones, they're uh, they're actually worth. Uh, they're the the rarity on those are are pretty high. <clears throat> but yeah, our um, friend K Rup was uh, in a, in an article. <laughs> I'll put this in the show notes. We got uh, the Bored Apes Take Manhattan. It's this article about uh, the New York uh, uh-huh. shenanigans and such. Yeah, uh, this is. His, I uh, guess did they put his uh, his meme in there? Well, they didn't put the well. The meme came from <laughs> the article. <laughs> So he's in the article. I don't know if I have the meme. I'll have to go find the meme. I'm sure it's on, it's see, on Facebook. I, it's on Facebook. I think he used it as his like profile picture. Yeah, I'll go find <laughs> it on Facebook real quick. I, he hasn't he hasn't snuck in to talk about uh, Breaking Bad or The Wire much lately. Yeah. Facebook is really slow today. I'm just waiting for it to come up yeah. here. But a uh, couple, couple it memes. Working. It hasn't worked for a few yeah. days, uh, a few weeks ago. So Yeah. There you go, Dave. Uh, here we go. I got it. Uh, yeah, I got it here. Here we go. So silly. They call me 007, zero job skills, zero girlfriends, seven cartoon monkey pics. There you go. Yeah. It's That's crazy funny. how this is in, in in pop culture and everything now. Uh, uh, Post Malone bought one in his music video. Yeah. 
you know, so it's a big deal. You see why these hackers are after somebody like, like yeah. David Ariev, you know, yeah. and, and I can also understand why, um, why a lot of, of crypto, uh, collectors are super anonymous and like super skittish about mm-hmm. you know just revealing anything about their yeah i know if you find out who they are you know imagine how much you're yeah. gonna be you're putting yourself out there yeah right at, at one Absolutely. point i wanted to send i made um, a three sculpture of uh, one of the first render that i made as an nft and someone bought the video version of it so i was like hey oh, i want cool. to thank you about that and i want to send you that piece and he was like that's fine but thank you but no thank you actually he oh, wanted to stay exactly. really yeah. really anonymous i'm like i I, I just want to thank you for the fact that you paid something, but yeah. he really yeah. just wanted to stay anonymous. So <laughs> it's it's still on my desk. If someone wants it, <laughs> that's funny. Cool. And you got your NFTs as well. I'll bring these up here. You got um, oh. you have a. a I've got I'll two small up. collections. Yeah. Honestly, uh, I try to make them uh, as affordable as possible, just because of the fact that I don't have the yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't have the, the, the community behind that, so I'm really just mm. making them for fun. That's and pretty. if I think that it's that it's something nice, I'm I'm putting them. I made a lot of just like the small uh, <laughs> turnaround turntable of renders. Every mm-hmm. time it's to test something. One time it was, it was to test Arnold by itself. The other time to test Ambergen, then to make more loops. Cool. So that's that's basically it. I made uh, something with Xparticle. As you said uh, just before, I started by just re-uploading the render that I made. Uh, mm-hmm. in Instagram a few years ago and then I started to make stuff specifically for, for crypto but I made always like a still image version that is really really cheap and then an animated version of it that is a bit more uh, expensive but I don't promote them that much so that's mm-hmm. that's why I think it's it's taking so much time and so much brain time to, to stay on the social media and to to communicate with everybody I mean it's, it's becoming a job uh, by itself to, to it just is, sell yeah. your own NFTs then you have to get on Twitter. And you're like, right. That's the thing. So yeah. uh, uh, an old boss of mine hit me up and he's like, hey, I want to I get into this NFT yeah. space. And I'm like, well, first of all, you're about like eight months too late, you know? <laughs> but, well, you know, not, not really. really. But, but yes, like, but yeah, no. He's, he's, no, but yes. He always has a tendency to be a little behind on the fads. But he hit me <laughs> up and he's like, hey, I want to, uh, what do I need to do? You know, can I pay you to help me? And I was like, uh, I mean, just create artwork, then you upload it and you mint it. Yeah. And then I was like, but you have to understand it's like a full-time job mm-hmm. if you want to, right. you know, do stuff like this, because it's going to take a lot of work, especially yeah. it, like, you know, you can post stuff up online, but it's not going to sell if you don't, no. if you don't put it out there and like, you know, Hey, this piece is out, blah, 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 you know, and make a name for yourself. And also yeah. since that's, you, know, you, you, you interact with people on Twitter, you have like your full mm-hmm. timeline full of NFT. So you think that everybody is talking about NFT right yeah. now, just because right. you had to follow all those people because you were mm-hmm. shilling with them. So it's right. like, it's, it's becoming like you are entering the bubble and it feels like everybody's in it. Yeah. And as soon as you get out of that, you realize that. Well, you don't have any more. I was using Twitter just for have new stuff, uh, people that I like, people that I follow. Mm-hmm. And it was just overwhelmed by everybody saying like, give me your NFTs, sell me your NFT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Man, it's just too much information for me. I had to do uh, like a, a list of people on Twitter that I'm not seeing in my feed. But yeah, just to keep yeah. following them just in case. But just like I couldn't, I couldn't deal with yeah. so much information in such yeah. a small amount of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why like I... I, I, I I think Paul Robinson is the perfect example of how to go from, you know, uh, uh, starting out in NFTs and then, you know, basically making it kind of a job. You know, I, I think Paul has done a really good job 
of communicating with collectors and stuff like that. Anytime I am on Twitter, I always see Paul talking to people, mm -hmm. you know, about his pieces and stuff. That's cool. <clears throat> oh, boy. Look who it is. Oh, Ooh, is that boy. Solana the pig? <laughs> Hello, then. Oh, that's right. He's British. I forgot. Yeah. Solana the pig. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot going on in the crypto space this week. That's for true. Isn't it? <laughs> Isn't it? It's hogwash. All about oh. the little wankers hacking David. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the pig's perfect time to lock down all your accounts. Isn't it? <laughs> that's, Those that's eyes it. are creepy, yeah. man. They, like, look into your soul. <laughs> But you don't anyway. have that feeling when you are listening to it on iTunes. Like, you have to look at the YouTube video to understand uh -huh. that. <laughs> anyway, use an authenticator app, suspect suspicious DMs, and make sure your recovery phrase is safe. I personally like to write mine only in invisible oink. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that was so bad. Well, I'm off to pig up some more render tokens and then go for a little walkabout. Yep. All right, cheerio. Cheerio. Oh, I was, uh, I was, uh, I, w I was, I was trying to figure out a, a great way to, like, you know, keep your seed phrase and stuff like that. Mm. I was like, where Invisible can I oink. go? Where can I go to get it, like, etched into metal and stuff like that? And then I remembered, mm. you can go to Things Remembered. Remember Things Remembered in the mall? <laughs> like, they have, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like, Charms Here's and the bracelets problem. and stuff. Oh, you can engrave Any... stuff on the metal. Yeah. And just... okay. So you just engrave it, have it engraved there, and then, you know, put but it in a safe But if anybody somewhere. has any inkling that that's what you're doing... Right, I understand. But that's why you, like, hide it. You no, know? you do it at you two get, different get... shops. You do it at yeah. two different yeah. shops, one half at each shop, mm -hmm. and you just yeah. glue yeah. them together at the end. Yeah, that's a good so idea. Go. That's a really good idea. It's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got a we got a note from uh, Tokyo Megaplex. Uh, he said it would be great to uh, to get uh, Kirsten Laporte on the show. I, yes. we're going to work on that, and uh, you know it'd be cool. Maybe we could get her to come to camp or something. Yeah. But um, he also says Iceland sounds like a great idea. But mm. he said regarding Hen, everything mm -hmm. is still there. That's kind of the thing about it being on the blockchain, and the community is so strong that they've made sure to post uh, this happening to triple back up everything so that it can't really get taken down so mm -hmm. to say hen is gone is a little misleading uh it's kind of a misunderstanding of what happened everyone's nfts are safe and can still be bought sold viewed whatever uh he said in fact i've had experiences in the past where i post a lot of art on a website years ago lots of animations that is gone the animations are gone probably forever but this but because this stuff is on the blockchain it's completely safe mm -hmm. That can't happen anymore because it's Web three, not Web Welcome two. That web part's 3. understandable. Uh, understandable. Yeah, every Decentralized. single thing you yeah. do and say from now on yeah, with I Web know. three, it's all there forever. <clears throat> so honestly, pretty cool. And Hen, in my opinion, is stronger than ever. Uh, post the .xyz URL being taken offline, kind of making me actually understand for the first time that this is a major deal regarding putting art on the blockchain. Mm -hmm. Uh, also, catching up on the drop where you talked about Render and Solana, the NFTs evolving based on the owner has been a thing on Hen for a while. I yeah. have heard a little bit about that. There's mm -hmm. a bunch of in interactive NFTs that support that. There was a cool one where it was a torch that could be passed around and the fire would slowly go out unless it was passed on or sold to another person. So it had yeah. to be 
kept being sold to be to stay alive. This is the fun stuff. This is this is going mm-hmm. places. This is gonna be fun. Uh, also, it sounded like art blocks where every NFT is uniquely minted using the wallet hash as a seed. Tons of cool stuff on art blocks. So there is that. We haven't talked to Tokyo Megs in a while. I know we should have him on the doing. show. Yeah. Uh, a couple links I wanted to talk about real quick. And um, there is, uh, I believe his name is pronounced Chamath, Chamath, C-H-A-M-A-T-H. Looks Mm -hmm. like Chamath. That's his Twitter handle. Uh, He was talking about Render, actually. And uh, he was using examples of uh, token projects and things Mm -hmm. that have meaning behind them, have structure behind them, have an economy behind them. And he's a huge, huge, huge name in the crypto world. And for him to be bringing up Render specifically, I think was mm-hmm. was uh, really cool. Um, and it was on a show, I believe, with uh, Jason Calacanis, I noticed as well. Was somebody that I've followed for years. He used to be on, uh, not Tech TV, but um, This Week in Tech Network, Leo Laporte's network. Um, also, this is interesting. The L.A. Staples Center is going to be <laughs> renamed to so Crypto.com. Crypto.com Staples. Uh, yeah. Crypto.com Center. Yeah. That's crazy. Isn't that insane? Um, that's just kind of a sign of where things are going. Yeah. Also, an article this morning, Kathy Wood says institutional buys make a bull case for Bitcoin reaching $500,000 by 2026. Mm-hmm. Five, like half a million per coin. Can you even imagine? Yeah. Be a lot of millions, and that guy, that, that guy who uh, paid ten thousand Bitcoin for a pizza, right? <laughs> yeah. Himself, yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, so yeah, uh, that is it. That is it. That's a lot today. Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm kind of uh, proud of ourselves for staying on track and only making this a two-hour show. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so if uh, if you or anyone you know has a drop coming up. Uh, feel free to email us info at mograph.com. We'll show it on the show. Other than that, let's get back to the other show. Is this the fucking mic? This is exactly what I should be doing. Or no. Thank you so I'm, much for being on the show, so man. Much. Thanks for having yeah. me, guys. Honestly, I'm impressed by Matt's uh, stamina on uh, how to deal with uh, with his night right? and everything. I am so tired right now. I'm I very, very tired. Yeah. I, I mean, you, I you only had to, to go to the bathroom. Had, I, I only had to take one break, which <laughs> yeah. is normally what I do on the show anyway. <laughs> well, yeah. It's well, just a little bit more extended. <laughs> but yeah, thank, yeah, thanks for having me. If anybody has any question regarding either Moment Factory or working on large mm-hmm. scale projects, don't hesitate to use my uh, Twitter handle. Is right here, right there, right there. It's it's really difficult. I couldn't yeah. be a meteor yeah. guy, honestly. It's right there. <laughs> We'll uh, so really don't hesitate. Well. It's uh, it's here for that. I'm really happy to help, even if it's just a technical question or something, mm-hmm. or if it's more Moment Factory related. Of course, you can go directly through Moment Factory uh, social account. But I'm I'm always happy to help someone in the needs. I will just maybe ask you to give me a favor and to send me Ethereum on your personal email. But that's something that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. different <laughs> from what we've yeah. talked today. That's fine. Yeah. Can you do me a favor? Oh, yeah, I can. Yeah, I, it, was, <laughs> it was my <laughs> wife. <laughs> See, Matt actually sent me, uh, Matt actually did oh, yeah. lend me some ETH yesterday, and I was like, can you do me a favor? <laughs> uh, so, 
Yeah, um, yeah, we'll put all the links to everything in the show notes. You can check all of this out there. You can rate us on iTunes, leave a review. Helps get our ratings up. Subscribe on your podcatcher of choice and subscribe to our newsletter. You can say you've been there, done that, got the t-shirt with the MoGraph logo tee, the Paul Bab Feel the Bab 2020 shirt. All the profits from that go to Doctors Without Borders. The Render Things t-shirt, hoodie, and long sleeve tee, the That Render is Fire shirt, which you're only allowed to wear ironically. Unless you're shams. shams. Yeah. And the MoGraph Blandishment shirt. Make sure you check it all out. And we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Please follow us on there. And MoGraph.com. My kid uh, is just screaming in the background. I'm not sure if y'all can hear that. (laughs) No, not at all, actually. Good Good microphone. Yeah. 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 We'll cut all of it out. Don't worry. We'll just edit everything. Um, That's pretty much it. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for for joining us. Mm -hmm. Um, Make sure that you uh, get your tickets for the L.A. Meet up and make sure that up, you yeah. get yourself a, a little copy of uh, Brush Up Procreate course. Yeah. com slash classes. And uh, that pretty much wraps it up. Till next time, I'm Dave. And I'm Matt. And I'm Arnaud. Thanks for joining us today. <laughs> Have a good one. Later, yo. Bye. Pretty good, I guess. MoGraph.com, an online resource for motion graphic artists. Start your week with the MoGraph podcast. Industry news, interviews with your favorite artists, and terrible humor. Watch live shows and interviews from MoGraph events like NAB, SIGGRAPH, HALFRES, and local meetups. Our MoGraph talks feature live demos and motivation from artists all around the world. Sometimes you got to make stuff that you're not going to put on your reel, and I'm not here to judge. What if Rick and Morty show up for the countdown at midnight? That's where I peaked in life, in my career. we got to stop this thing, Rick! It's going to kill us all! Hear from the people that create your software, design your render engines, and artists that are changing the face of modern motion graphics. You get that render done. Yeah, you better frame, frame what? MoGraph tutorials and online classes will teach you about Cinema 4D, After Effects, as well as other popular software and render engines. Throw in the HDR Studio, take the render settings, pick the HDR, put a reflection, and gorgeous. Branch into new software. Learn time-saving tips, techniques, workflows, and lessons that'll keep you up to date in the world of motion design. Oh, brother, those are some of my favorite elves. I love projects that scare me. When our art director comes to us and asks for something that I had never done before, man, it gets me pumped. Join the conversation in our live sessions. Check out our plugins or join the hundreds of daily active users in our Slack channel for technical help, advice, contests, or just to joke around. Real nice banana. Ah, that's so funny. All right. I'm going to live forever. <laughs> Subscribe today and get the latest updates on our YouTube and other social media channels. Take all your dreams and just do it! We don't care how you get here, folks. Just get here. Subscribe to MoGraph.com.